Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. So it's been a full season for the Under Pressure Outdoors crew in the Hasmore Outdoor Products Silent Seat. And let me tell you, they're worth every penny. And here are some reasons why. Number one, you can't beat the comfort level. Number two, they don't hold in moisture like rain or sweat. Number three, they completely fold out of the way when you stand up, giving you a full range of motion in your climber. And number four, they cut down on your setup and breakdown times dramatically. Don't just take our word for it. Use offer code UPO15 and get 15% off your silent seat and many other U.S.-made accessories for your climber today. You can find Hasmore Outdoor Products on Facebook and hasmore.net. That's H-A-Z-M-O-R-E dot net. And in the link in this podcast description. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. I don't think that I've changed the oil in my 7.3 and probably getting close to a year and a half it doesn't need it all you gotta do is change the filter man it leaks enough you just keep pouring oil in it yeah, right? well, yeah i do that <laughs> it's when it stops leaking you gotta worry when i tried to sell my duramax there was a bunch of oil leaks in my driveway and the guy I sold it to he's like is that thing leaking oil or is like no 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 no. you just have a seven three parked here oh okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> i'm surprised that duramax didn't run enough to leak hey dude he's got a good point but the thing was is i had I had the Duramax, couldn't fix it, traded a non-running Duramax for a running 7.3, and then the dude that I traded the Duramax to fixed the Duramax, and then traded me back. So essentially, he just gave me a loaner vehicle while he fixed my truck for free. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I sold the Duramax for 11.5. So. I hated that 7.3. I liked it. Yeah, it looked cool. Dude, I did. You never had to put fuel in it. Well, that's yeah. because he never fixed the vent on it. Yeah, I know. I had to yeah. crawl up underneath the flatbed one day, hauling the trailers back from wherever the heck we went down in South Tampa. Florida. It wasn't Tampa. It was further south than that. It's I think like we Saint went, Peter. No, no, Fort Myers. Fort Myers. We drove down to Fort Myers to drop off that dang uh, concrete to make uh, the artificial reefs out of, which yeah. we still never heard down back there. About. No, we, we. I need to email the guy. Remind yeah. me, I'll email him. Um, but. Uh, and I had to get fuel on the way back. And I'm up underneath that thing just cussing Jordan up and down the whole freaking time. I think so you cussed was Jordan Tuesday. the whole trip. Yeah, he was oh, already yeah. cussing me because I called him when he was already about halfway down there. And I was like, oh, hey, by, by the, way, the way, you got like 10,000 pounds got, of concrete behind that thing. I know, And you got a CDL. That thing's full of red diesel. I love the cherry flavor. <laughs> <laughs> my truck's full of cherry right now. I don't now. know if I can run. Well, I can run my truck on cherry. I've done it before. Well, yeah, you can run it, not legally. You don't own enough property to do yeah, it. I didn't know if the baby Duramax would do it or not, but it doesn't. Diesel's diesel. It's Why? Diesel. It's just diesel, diesel fuel would die in it. Die. Yeah, but, you know, they do all kinds of dumb shit to try to prevent you from being able to do stuff that should be legal. Well, mm. fuck up the old uh, the only reason why harvester. They- the only reason why it's got the red dye so they know the difference between if you paid the taxes on it or not. 
That's why it has the red dye in it. Is what it is. During tax free week, like back to school, can you run red? Can you run red diesel that whole week? Yeah. Yeah, my truck Hurricane's only runs blood. on cherry flavor half the time. <laughs> Heck, I go, I'll pull up there over to Harris's and fill it on up, and they look at me, and then I walk in. Well, I'm just like, oh, well, here you go. And they're just, hey, he paid for the diesel. I don't know what it's, it's a farm truck. <laughs> yeah, what you do from here is on <laughs> you, <Yeah>. bud. <laughs> oh man, you got to put one of those farm use only tags on the front of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it can't hurt your CDL if you already lost it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that is true. Who do you do? Take my studio. <laughs> uh, he said, with the money I saved not paying taxes on diesel, I can afford this ticket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. Oh, yeah, dude. So I'm about to hit the, the uh, driving season where I put miles on my truck again. It doesn't just sit in the driveway. Yeah. No, no. What he's about? Season? What he, what he, yeah. No, what he's about to hit is the season where he's like, "Hey, you just want to take your truck?" Or and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we can take my truck." <laughs> but who always puts gas? Usually, a whole tank of gas in the truck. Yeah, you do fill it up. That's been fair that's enough. Fair. All right. Yeah. Uh, it's but, yeah, but you get better gas. He, you get better gas mileage than I do. I do. So yeah, it's, it's, fair. it's only fair, dude. Yeah. We drove that thing up to Georgia last year with a little tent on the back, and the whole bed slap full. A crap, and the canoe on top of all that, and you were still getting what 22, 24 oh, miles, say, a gallon? 24 miles a gallon. Yeah. That's nothing. When we went to North Carolina, pulling my boat, we had crap in the boat, crap in the bed of the truck, crap the, in the back seat. The back seat, you couldn't have fit nothing else in the back seat, and crap in the bed of his truck. That thing was slap full, like you couldn't fit nothing else. You might have fit some more stuff in the yeah. boat if we really yeah, wanted oh, yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. I think we're still getting like 22 or something. We, we were getting pretty dang good mileage. Pulling the boat and all that junk. <laughs> That's the little diesel we could, man. I love that thing. It, it's, it's I don't not, blame you. Not me. I drove a 1500 all the way to Louisiana and back pulling the 22-foot pro drive. And I think that we're getting like 5.7 miles. That, that, that little truck is like, it's pretty slick. Like If you had to have, have a little truck, that's the one to have. Mm-hmm. The little thing would go some places. Yeah, I did almost get it stuck the other day, though. I was trying to go film a uh, like a heat lightning storm. Oh, that was more than the other day. That was you know the other day can so be ago. anything between yesterday and two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> that's the old right down the road. Take a right where the old yeah. fire station it used ain't, to be. Yeah. A left where the burn barn burnt down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Go past the Jensen's <clears throat> house and it's on your right. I was driving and I felt the front end go. Skadoosh. And I said, that's oh, not no. good. <laughs> yeah. It looked like grass and it was dry, you know, like two weeks ago. Uh, not no more. Yeah. yeah it's better than me. It wasn't was. then. And so I tried to back out and I just started spinning. So I put it in four high and it still wouldn't get out. So I put it in four low and locked all four lockers in and tried to back out again. It wouldn't do it. So I just drove off into it and then rocked myself back and forth until I got the momentum to slam it on the reverse <laughs> and get out. <laughs> I drove the 7.3, the big one, what was it, Monday. I went to go leave work, and you can't see a 20-foot radius around you, and I drove it into a fire line ditch. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's something about a Ford and their freaking blind spots. Oh, my gosh. Dude, horrible. I drive that F-250 every day at work. I hate that dang thing. You cannot see squat out of that truck. <laughs> Although, I was sitting there the other day in a parking space in Mount Dora, 
working on my computer. And this girl gets out of the car and goes, wham, right into that tow mirror. Walked right into it. <laughs> I was like, it scared the crap out of me because I'm just, I am looking to my right at my computer. And I, I mean, obviously, I know it's a car back sitting next to me, but I didn't expect them, <clears throat> that girl to take herself out on that tow mirror. Did she say anything or just recover and take off? She said, she like mouthed the word sorry and pushed my mirror back to where it was supposed to go. She bent the sucker forward. She hit it so hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, nowadays like, she'd probably try to see you <laughs> yeah, right? I thought I was going to get in trouble I rolled the window down I was like you okay she's like yeah I'm alright I'm alright I'm sorry I'm like not a big deal just you know watch out there's That's people like got the side view mirrors that old lady over in the uh, Chick-fil-A drive-thru do what really, like run her over and the old, the old blue truck I used to have I was in a Chick-fil-A drive-thru one night and uh, I was she was like four foot tall and I couldn't see her like over the hood of my truck and <laughs> well yeah next I thing know. I know she was like walking through the drive through next thing I know like somebody starts screaming and like a hand comes up and folds my mirror in and I'm like what on earth and look down and I like kind of just with the front of my like headlight like knocked this old lady over and she knocked my tow mirror in on the way down. Well, let's. I didn't know you ran anybody over with you. I'd really like run her over. I just kind of knocked her over. And police showed up and everything. And then uh, they were like, well, it's a private parking lot, so we can't give you a ticket. And uh, she was walking through the drive through. So, yeah, I'll tell you. Well, yeah. let's ask this. I question. ran a dude over with my Jeep one time, broke his foot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's sitting right here in front of you. <laughs> Jordan, you say that it was the lady's fault walking in front of you. Well, no, I mean it was go, mine. I let's go back to how many of your old vehicles are still on the road that would not have a rebuilt title? That one, the Duramax, the seven three, and the Duramax. No, no I thought, <laughs> out of how many? You didn't well, total the, that blue the, one. The blue one. No, the blue no, one. What about what about the S ten? Oh, the S10, yeah. Well, could, I don't know could if potentially it could be. potentially still be. The blue one didn't have a rebuilt title. Probably should have. <laughs> but it didn't. That wasn't my fault, though. I did see your white truck driving around not too long ago. The GMC? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. it still had the sticker on the back. The, really? The little Boykin sticker. Really? Yep. And the under pressure outdoor sticker. I was going to say, somebody sent me a video. Dude, it had to be a year and a half ago. And there was like, look, somebody's driving around with your truck. And I'm like... Or they said something about, look, somebody's driving on with your sticker on there. I was like, we were the, holy shit, that's the truck I totaled. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and you can tell the difference because we had the stickers with all the social media logos underneath yeah. on the back. And that one, that's what that one had on there. We didn't sell those stickers. All we ever sold, we do sell the big stickers, right? And yeah. we have them here. They're on our website. Um, but they don't have all the social media stuff underneath them. They're yeah. just the big sticker. Ours had all the social media logos underneath there. And I, I pulled it behind that truck. I was like, oh, check it out. They got a UPO sticker. And I was like, wait a minute. That? You, no. <laughs> that was at uh, 1944. Yeah? Yeah. Somebody fixed it and put it back on the road. Yeah, put it back on the road. Relatively local, evidently. Yeah. Well, Hippie's Junkyard doesn't go too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, road, that truck was pretty banged up to be fixed and put back on the road. But I mean, you know, I only ripped the whole driver's side front suspension from underneath it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, you know, in all reality, like the damage you did to that truck versus the damage you did to the blue truck, the white truck was probably a far less off, like, drivability-wise, fixability. Yeah. I, I'm sure the, the reason it was totaled was due to cosmetic 
No, the reason it was total is because airbags went off. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the blue yeah. truck had a bent frame. Yeah. And they replaced the whole frame and didn't total the truck. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember the airbag <clears throat> going off. Like, I remember them going off, but I don't remember how it felt when the airbag hit me. It's probably mm-hmm. a good thing. I was half asleep. Probably. So. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're almost entirely asleep. I, well, no. When the accident happened, I was awake. I had yeah. just woken up. <laughs> I can't. I That old 2003 2500 that I used to drive, me and Paul Fitzgerald were driving down Orange Avenue headed out oh, to Boston. Oh, the, uh, the gasser? Yeah, the 03. Yeah. And uh, I fell asleep at the wheel, and I put it on the, you know, them big ditches on Orange Avenue over in Sanford? I put it in one of those ditches with a 12-foot alligator in the bed. <laughs> oh, I, that was when it was still dad's truck. I was borrowing it for the weekend because he was out of town. That's another season that's about to come up. And you you didn't already started. You didn't put in for tags, did you this year? No, I didn't put in for tags. I don't blame year. you. Too much work, man. It is. It ain't worth it <clears> anymore, <throat> man. You can't sell them. Not, like, I, I never I, did it to sell there's them. There's enough but. people around me that, that put in for it. I'll buy the $50 tag and go with them. The thing is, too, is it's not so... You kill two gators, right? And you get your meat back. Who the heck eats that much alligator meat? Right? Especially if you get good-sized gators. You know what I mean? I mean <laughs> like, I enjoy, I'm a man that enjoys yeah, a good yeah. al- you know, some good alligator meat and boudin or fried alligator tail or whatever. But after a while, it's, it'd be like, it would almost, all I can think about is when you get, you kill two good-sized alligators. We'll say two 10-footers, right? Then you're at the house going, well, you can make alligator boudin, alligator, fried alligator tail. Yeah. You're looking like, you know. You're talking to Amanda like, hey, you ever tried to put grilled alligator in a salad? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got to have Bubba and Forrest figure out how to cook all that meat. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I just keep the front jowls and the front legs, and I just give the rest to friends and family. I'll say the you, thing Yeah, you end up be... giving up, giving away so much meat because, I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's good. But it's not something that I'm like, oh, you know what I'm going to have for an entire meal tonight? Alligator. Alligator. It's a great appetizer. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that's just because that's how we've always, we, we grew up traditionally eating alligator, right? Like yeah. you go to a restaurant, nobody's ever like, hey, here's a whole meal of alligator tail. Not you unless order, it's in like a po' boy or something. Right. Yeah, Man, you get like that. Or we do that. Alligator tacos. But even then, like you don't get a ton. You don't get like an alligator steak. Alligator tacos, you're, you're working into your... Like you're having to make your bubba and everything your imagination. You're having to invent stuff just to eat the meat. Right. Yeah. I mean, al- alligator's good in like, uh, you know, if you're going to put it in a gumbo too or something. Right. But I mean, there's only so like there's only so many times you're going to eat alligator. He gumbo. sounds like Forrest right now. You can put it in a gumbo. <laughs> you can make tacos out of it. Got fried alligator. Bowl shrimp. Baked shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> black and shrimp. <laughs> Shrimp tacos, hey, shrimp look. scampi. <laughs> you take some little alligator cubes and you wrap them in bacon and put them on the smoker. That's pretty good. I bet it is. But again, that's, that's like that's, that's like thing. an appetizer, though. But that's the thing you figure out how to do when you've got 200 pounds of alligator right. meat in the freezer and you're going, man, i got to make room for something else. <laughs> yeah. Hey, have... speaking of alligator in the freezer, you ever going to do something with the head that's in my freezer so I can make some room for some meat? When One of these days. When you I get got... another pot. Three heads in your freezer. Yeah. You got two deer heads in my outside freezer. Are you sure you want to sell Briar that freezer and fridge? Yeah, I got a freezer out here already. 
It's slap full of deer meat. And I could do that freezer over there has got, I bet there's seven or eight squirrels, uh, probably a rabbit or two. There's a couple whole ducks frozen for mountain. There's a, a bunch of deer meat, dang shark meat, uh, probably some alligator meat in there somewhere. Some other kind of fish. I'm sure that, 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 Fridge over there is slap full of wild game. There ain't a dang thing in there that's not wild game meat. That's why all of his heads are at my house. Then I got three freezers. Well, the other one, in the, the the problem is what I really need to do is I need to get rid of that little chest freezer and get a stand-up freezer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because in little tiny, I got one real tiny little chest freezers. They fill up so stinking quick. I have the same one that was at the hunting camp. That's I have one, the same type of one, yeah. Yeah, and I have your alligator head. Your two deer heads are taking up my outside freezer. Yeah. You'll be all right. You do something with them. I do. I forget they're there. I don't. I know you don't. <laughs> you look at them every what, time what we open the do? freezer. We need to get another pot. because I got So, <laughs> the alligator head I'll try to do myself. And the one deer head I'll try to do Georgia myself. Georgia one. But I've the one that I... alligator head myself. The, if you want to... If you're willing to lend... Well, I, I'm going to get with uh, Sid Curtis. He's done several. He did a damn good job. I've seen... He brought a couple in. He did... And he's offered to help me. Um, but uh, the one deer, that I, the deer, the buck I killed last year, I want to have it done professionally, get a European mount done. Yeah. Uh, and, <clears throat> I, you know, the other buck that I shot in Georgia, I'll attempt to do a European mount on myself. And then the alligator skull, I'll attempt to do a European mount myself. Yeah, I wouldn't mess with that big buck that you shot last year. I wouldn't trust myself doing that. No, I don't want to screw it up. The other one's an, a, a little five-point I shot up in Georgia. It'd be a good one to try on and screw it up and go, dang, you know, I bleached the horns or whatever, and then try and fix that. And then, you know, slowly get better do, doing that stuff myself. But I don't know. That first Florida buck's been going viral on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, with that, with that reel. Yeah. Well... We are, uh, I guess, kicking it old school this week. Yeah, we got the OG crew in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Will Krebs, and I got Jordan here with me tonight. I'm here. Let's get it. I got Briar. Hey, yo. And we got Matt Harbin. Hey, guys. Matt hadn't been in a hot minute. No, I think it's been probably about a year now. Maybe longer. Uh, yeah. Uh, two? No, nah, I ain't been two years. He came in here one day for something. I don't remember what last what you were talking about last time you were in here. I forget. Uh, it was me, you, and Jim. Was it? Yeah, it was me, you, and Jim when we were in here last time. I don't remember what we were talking about, though. It's been a while. Yeah, it's, I know it's, it was right after Claire was born. So Yeah, it's probably been about a year. Yeah. Maybe a little more. Anyway. How old is Claire now? Uh, she will be 16 months on the 1st. So it might have been a little over a year. Dang. Yeah. So she's one. Fair enough. Speaking it, so we're, yeah. we're going to yeah, talk about some, my wife that <laughs> some some <laughs> controversial topics uh, tonight. Well, I have a, a I have a pretty controversial topic to bring up, but to kick it off, I'm going to go with the controversial yeah. so, thing of hold I'm, on. Hang on, I'm still going to call it a European mount. I don't understand why they call it a freedom mount. What? You never heard it called the the like the skull and antlers? It's a freedom mount. What? Why? No, Dude, European is that the same? Euro, it, I call them French fries as well, not freedom fries. I don't. It's the American yeah. thing to do, I guess. Everybody else calls it a euro, but there's certain people that want to call it a freedom mount. Yeah, it's like the French. That. It's the French fry thing. That's what, what I said. That's yeah, exactly what it French is. French fries, not freedom fries. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. Uh, of course, I was too young at that time, but I wasn't one who's was like, "I'm going to boycott French's mustard," because it says French on the front. I remember when that happened, though. After 
uh, when France <laughs> wouldn't join the global war on terror when that first kicked off. So hey, they all they all boycott look, everybody boycotted France. France always gets their butts kicked. So why would they want to get right? Into I don't, it? I don't yeah, that's, like, that's like asking the wimpy kid to join the fight, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I'm I'm calling it a European mount. So understand when I say European mount, I'm referring to a European a European mount. mount. Yeah, it's a skull and antlers. Yeah, I second um, that. Is your phone Bluetooth to this thing? Can you can you play the the TikTok that's the con- that we're going to talk about? I'm not going to. I'm just going to bring no. it up because okay. I'll, I'll stitch the TikTok. Okay, uh, and then I'll put that up on our TikTok so you guys can watch that too. But okay. we'll we'll get into that later. I don't want to jump just right into it, you know? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, other controversial things. I'm sure we could come up with something else controversial to talk about. Is it? Don't even get me started is it on the frowned upon then. to shoot a duck on the water. No, oh, that's not no, even no, controversial. No. What are you talking about? No, no, no. no. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what I say. Look, man, I am. I, I, if you want it, you were talking ethics, right? People say it's unethical to water whack uh, ducks, water whack waterfowl, or Arkansas, or whatever you want to call it, shooting birds on the water. I say that's the most ethical thing you can do. I think, I mean, a lot of these guys, they turn around and say, oh, yeah, it's not sportsmanlike, or, hey, it's a sitting duck, literally. But in my opinion, if I did all that work to get that bird there, to set up the decoys where it wanted, it landed right in front of my spread, I did my job, that's my bird. Well, I'm simply basing, I agree, but I'm simply basing it off the fact of how many birds have you wounded shooting them on the wing? Let's not talk about it. Right. How many (laughs) birds have you wounded shooting them on the water? Let's not talk about it. No, <laughs> you ain't wounded no birds on the water unless so, it was way too far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody slips up every now and then. But so there's this too, though, right? How often does like a, a prey, like I don't know, gar may occasionally they probably prey on like small ducklings. Oh, dude, I've watched people catch bass on a baby duck lure. Yeah. yeah. So uh, all these predators that live in the water, where do they eat them from? Right, they're not going to jump up into the air and eat them. They're going to win it on the water. If I'm a predator, why can't I kill one on the water too? Do you think that maybe maybe the the what makes it or how it became to be considered I think people unethical? Assume that it's an, a non fair chase thing. Well, I, I wonder. So this is kind of I what I'm. Bringing I don't up. think so. No, I, I think it is. It comes from like just after they ended market hunting. That's what I was about to bring up. Yeah, because that's because how they killed ducks was on the water with a punt gun. Yeah, so that's where Fair. it came from. They, and after that, it's like, oh, it's more sporting to shoot them on the wing. I'm not shooting a because punt it's gun a anymore. harder shot. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> that's where that came from, and that's all it is. Yeah. Like Matt said, if you put in the time, you put in the work, you set up the decoys right, you found the spot. You know, even some, you know, if you're you're hunting birds that respond to a call really well, and you called it in fair game it's like saying i'm not going to shoot a turkey because it's on the ground well no it's like saying you're not going to shoot a turkey on the you wouldn't well shooting a shooting well turkeys they're ground birds you right? can't shoot it on the roof that's my point exactly don't tell me you wouldn't shoot <clears throat> if i had a turkey that was on the roost and i knew he wasn't going to go to where I, I wanted him to as soon as his feet left that limb to go to that ground that's fair but game. listen there's some states where that's not illegal on the roost? Pretty sure. Google it. No, it's not illegal. It's not.
tight. We'll be right back with a word from our sponsors. As we move through life, it's inevitable that we're going to find ourselves needing trusted advice from legal counsel, from business transactions to real estate, lawsuits to contract matters. We all need advice and assistance from time to time. Attorney Roman Hammis' multi-state law practice focuses on litigation, business law, and real estate. Roman helps individuals and business owners find solutions to their legal problems. If push comes to shove, Roman is an experienced litigator with extensive trial experience and the ability to take it all the way. He's been named Super Lawyer every year from 2016 to present, a distinction given to only 5% of practicing lawyers. Most importantly, Roman is an avid hunter, angler, conservationist, and proud supporter of the UPO Nation. When you need dependable legal counsel, call Roman, 407-680-6050 or 843-324-1727 or email roman at romanvhamis.com That's R-O-M-A-N at R-O-M-A-N V-H-A-M-M-E-S dot com. Offices, Florida and South Carolina. Hello, yeah. Now, you were talking about all these predators taking the prey that are on the water. Have you guys seen the videos of these amberjacks that are jumping out of the water and grabbing the seagulls over the bait balls? Uh-uh. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got to look it up. That's pretty sweet. These big old amberjack just clearing the water. I mean, 10 feet in the air and grabbing birds. <laughs> there you go. HuntWashington. Is a, is a, uh, HuntWashington.com. It's a forum. <clears throat> uh... I don't know, that's forum. Doesn't really say anything. Absolutely legal, pending it's during legal hours. Ethical, no. Well, ethical, <clears throat> that's no. not Why true. Why is it not ethical? That's not true. It's not absolutely legal. There are some states that specifically state you cannot shoot a turkey off the roof. Yeah, state I believe of you can't. So, right here. yeah. It's pretty state sure. of Florida is one of the ones where you're not legally allowed to shoot a turkey off the roost. Yeah. If I could kill a turkey off the roost in Florida, I'd kill a turkey last year. He was well within range. I patterned that shotgun to 50 yards, and it was tight. I mean, I, I can understand not shooting a turkey off the roost, but if you found... If it's legal, I'm doing it. I ain't gonna lie to you. It's not like you're walking up on a duck. So here's the thing. On, for, here's, on a here's roost one. In, the, in the water. Here's one that's that's legitimately legal in the state of Florida. <clears throat> right? Shooting a turkey with a rifle. Okay. I think that's more of a safety thing, especially on public well, land. Well, but it's, yeah. not, during, it's, not, it's not legal on public land. Okay. Yeah. Only on private land. But no, during spring turkey season, you in Florida, you can shoot turkeys with a rifle. Yes, but also during uh during fall, you can shoot hens with a bow. You sure about that? Hmm. You can only shoot like one or two, but in the fall. Are you absolutely positive on that? I'm pretty sure. So I know some states and I know that well, I know that when I was in when I was in uh when I lived in Kentucky on the base, 
<clears throat> and I hunted on the base, you could. There was a point, a time where you could kill like twenty-one hens a day during archery season if you were hunting in an archery area. Jesus, Damn yeah. Them. Which, of course, you know, on the same hand, though, dude, I, I sat there one time and quit counting at eighty-five turkeys. I don't know. That sounds kind of like a challenge. <laughs> right? <laughs> I <laughs> mean, shoot, I got a Kentucky hens. Grand Slam. <laughs> no, nah, maybe not. But it's, it says uh, that's what I thought. Yeah, it has to be a bearded turkey. But then you go back to the same thing. You, you said beard, bearded turkeys are legal, but you know you can't shoot a hen. You can generally distinctly tell what's a hen and what's a gobbler. What about a beard or no hen? beard? That's what I'm saying. Is it is it ethical to shoot? It's legal. But if you're out chasing gobblers and you see a bearded hen, although you could legally shoot it because that's what they used to define the sex. Yeah. Do do you ethically think that that's okay to shoot a bearded hen? I would shoot a double bearded hen. I'd shoot a bearded hen. I would too. This, so, and I wouldn't just do it because it's legal. I would just do it because I can't kill a freaking turkey. There, I gotta break the streaks. So, <laughs> hold on, hear me out. Hear okay, me out. He, well, hear me out on this real quick. The bearded hen thing. If you wanted to argue that, oh, because it's a hen, you shouldn't shoot it, right? It's bearded. It's so rare that's not going to affect the population. It ain't that rare. Dude, I've seen more than it's, one in my lifetime. It's it's rare enough that Go it's not going to affect the population. There's not that many. I've seen more bearded hens than I've seen piebald deer. Still, you know what I mean? Hear me out. FWC's website, regulations taking the shot. During spring turkey season, only gobblers or turkeys with beards can be harvested. Right. I understand it's legal to shoot a bearded hen. It says during spring turkey season. Okay. Does it, it's yet to mention. I'm still trying to find something on fall, but a lot of states don't have a fall turkey season. Yeah, well, Florida does. Uh, well, I say a lot of states. Georgia doesn't. I don't know that. I don't know if Alabama, Tennessee does. There are several states that don't have a fall season. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I'm not a turkey hunter. What's harder to hunt, spring or fall turkey? Fall turkeys. Fall. 100%. Oh yeah, because they're not calling. They're yeah, not. They're not responding <clears throat> to calls. They're not. They're not mating. Right, when you're hunting turkeys in the spring, they're they're coming out of their, and, and you see this every year. People are like, wow, oh, the turkeys done. They done, you know, bred up all the hens three weeks ago, three weeks before season started. Yeah, for a they, reason. Yeah, they set that <laughs> they set the season that way purposefully so that the the uh, gobblers have time to effectively breed hens. And then when you go in to hunt gobblers, they're still actively trying to find hens to breed with. But it's not the peak breeding season. So, and in the fall, they're not doing that at all. So, you pretty much have to hunt. From what I understand, you have to hunt turkeys in the fall like you would deer. You pattern them and sit where they're going to be between here and there. And Have you ever tried to fall turkey hunt Florida? No. 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 Well, I can't even successfully yeah. spring turkey hunt. Why would I try and fall turkey hunt? It's deer season, buddy. You might be just as bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably would be just as bad. <laughs> it's not going to hurt. Hell, I might even be worse. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to be hot as crap. That's, that's bull crap. <laughs> uh, I don't believe there. There's a uh, Florida has like what three seasons? You got summer. Uh, no, so you got in Florida you have summer, hurricane season, uh, false winter, second summer, real winter, 
Yeah, five seasons. Yeah. Real winter? Yeah, real winter where it gets down to like uh, 35 degrees for three days and then it warms back up. Oh, That's okay. real winter. Yeah, Three days. Was, okay. I was on the job site today and somebody came into my trailer and I was just like, how is it out there? And it was you, a new one that I never heard. He said that it was hotter than a crackhead's copper pile. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a good one. You guys are right. You can't. It still has to be bearded. That's what I thought. Okay. I think at one time it might have been legal, but it's not anymore. Yeah. Turkey numbers are on the decline, man. And well, I'd say they're on the decline. I think they're fairly stable, but they're not what they were uh, in the early '90s, mid '90s. That in the heyday of turkey hunting, where you see the guys that are really into it now. When they got into it thirty years ago, it just isn't now what it was then. And a lot of that, I, I do believe, everybody wants to blame um, the fact that they're a ground nesting bird and raccoons and this and that predation uh but i think we the majority of what we're dealing with now is probably habitat loss yeah which is what we're dealing with everywhere with everything yeah that's why you're having problems keeping you you get bears and trash cans and everything else habitat loss the carrying capacity when the manatees die out in the winter time habitat loss and a lot of that has to do with losing seagrass i wish they did those like roadkill you know where if you find it you can have it <laughs> manatees huh. I, I was just about to say i'll take the manatee roadkill that's what i'm saying, you know what? I, that's I, what I'm saying. I wish it did them like roadkill but like if i pull up on a dead one <clears> in the water i can just throw it in the boat well you know the thing's huge so you can't just throw it in the boat how do you fresh check a manatee yeah you don't want to know well, <laughs> that's like saying how do you know that manatee meat is cooked well, a friend of a friend. Uh, hey, 165 <laughs> degrees, she's good to go, buddy. And if it's too chewy the first time, you back it off a little bit till you get sick. And then you find your, you know, I bet you can eat a manatee medium rare. Is it white meat or red meat? or? I bet it's like pork. I bet I've, you're right. I've heard that it is just like a milky transparent. When you cut into them and you cook them, it turns just a gray. I need who to cares what the friend. color? What? Who cares what the color is? Yeah, Does it, it taste good? Like? That's all I, I don't know. care. It's. I mean, the, it's. I mean, are, are you seagrass fed? Yeah. Are Are you making like manatee steaks, or are you making like I mean, manatee stew? It's probably would, like shark meat, to be honest. I would imagine my information that I've gotten of manatee is the, I mean, like. Sarah's great grandfather in Geneva that was back in Geneva in a palmetto hut. Yeah. And they said that it was delicious. Yeah, but well, that's all they so, can find too, you know. I'll give you I'll give you my my opinion on why I think it's like pork. And I think it's like pork fat consistency wise because you think about like a you buy like a store bought pig bacon. You're not going to you're not generally going to cut bacon off of a wild pig. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Not enough fat. And that's because they're constantly moving, foraging, also, so they don't have like a thick fat layer. Well, manatees definitely don't have a thick fat layer, or they wouldn't have to move them into springs in the wintertime. True. So Fair. they don't they don't have that layer of blubber like a whale would. Yeah. So yeah. it's most it's probably the majority of it. There's a lot of bone. Um and and like lean. I'd be meat? willing to bet they got some serious size back straps. Probably. I bet they got a good yeah. Uh, you make a great side, uh, a great main course to a side of poached eagle eggs. 
I don't yeah, know. I think, that we're, <laughs> I think that we are getting on to the same level that we were just talking about the alligator and stuff. What are you going to do with 200 pounds of manatee in your freezer? Well, depends on how, you know, what kind of meat it is, right? <laughs> if it, yeah. if it's a, if it's a red meat, if I can make well, a good breakfast sausage out of it, that is my hard pressed deal when it comes to wild a lot game of bone there. and I get it in my freezer. But you think there's a, eh, look at I them ribs, and, dude. I'll Look bet you ribs. can make some sweet brontosaurus ribs <laughs> on the smoker with that thing. Look up a manatee skeleton, Jordan. Pull that sucker up yeah. on the TV. <laughs> Look, man. Some some, some manatee bront ribs. Those and, are mammals, unlike fish. Yeah, so I don't think it would taste very fishy. I just, uh, I just Googled manatee meat. Where can I buy manatee meat? Is that a thing? There ain't no so. way you can buy it there. There ain't no way. Wild Fork Foods. There's there's no way because they're protected under the same thing as is yeah. the 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 same uh there's a federal like a national treaty on uh yeah. overseas black market. Right? Probably that'd be the only place, but they're they're protected just like whales are. Yeah. Whales and dolphins and everything else. That's why you can't hunt whales anymore. Or I mean, you see like like seals and sea lions. Any marine mammals? Their Marine Mammal Protection Act, I think, is what it's called. Yeah, but if is we did it true? for scientific research, is no, that? it's not. Oh, it's, that is not true, Byron. Ain't so no way it's say, a piece of manatee mm, meat. No. It's gonna be beef, like a nice cut of wagyu beef. Yeah, I don't think it's marbled like that. I don't either. I think it's. I think it's a lot. Mm. There ain't much to it. People said. <clears throat> manatee resembled beef. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, you never know, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Smoked manatee brought ribs. In the apocalypse. In I'm the going apocalypse. to Crystal River. Yeah. <laughs> Manatees. <laughs> I'm going to Crystal River with the mud boat and the bank stick. Why a bank stick, man? Just snag that sucker. Snag that thing that will drag me all the way out to the jetty. No, yeah, I ain't trying to bull <laughs> hockey. You, ever, you ain't obviously never ain't seen a manatee take off in shallow water. That's yeah. a powerful animal. I'm, I'm going with a bank stick and two trailers, one for the boat and one for the manatee. I do want to read this real quick. It says, manatee. Uh, people said that manatee meat resembled beef meat as there was the dark meat from the back of the animal. There was also clear meat that looked like pork on the belly side of the animal. There was a flat on <coughs> meat resembles much like pork. So it's mixed. Hmm. I think that manatee is just a trifecta and the perfect. I'll buy that for a dollar. I mean, you, I mean, you, we know that the indigenous people of Florida ate manatees, and that's a lot where that I'm sure that information comes from. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. People in the Bahamas they eat sea turtles. Like you look at turtle shell glasses, right? Yeah. You realize that at one time they were actually made of turtle shell. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. That pattern comes from making it out of turtle shell. I'm telling you, I knew yeah. an old man in the Panhandle. That was dumb rich, and uh, he donated to the like saving turtle people every year. He's like, you know what? I give those hippies money. Donated a ton of money. I said, why? He said, so I can eat him again one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did not get to live to see that day. Sadly, he didn't. Maybe, hopefully, well, I will. You, you never know. Start donating money. <laughs> there you go. But so. The the one controversial question that I saw on TikTok was should youth the 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 opinion was 
that youth should only be allowed to kill does during youth season. And the reasoning behind that was, and, and I think it this kind of, because one, well, because you've got guys who've been hunting for 20 years plus <clears throat> who youth goes out there during the youth season shoots 180 inch buck and you got guys been hunting for 20 years and they now don't get the chance to do that. And I, uh, saying it out loud like that kind of sounds selfish, but I don't know. I haven't fully formed an entire opinion on it yet about how I feel about it. Cause I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with it. Is there a minimum age on a youth hunt? A minimum 17? age? Yes. Well, minimum no, as a, in like take your one year old out. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, I there mean, are some yeah, guys out there that are taking their three or four year old out, which obviously they're not shooting it. I don't agree with that. I think, well, there, I think there are some age. three and four year olds that probably do shoot. Could, could shoot depending on what you're shooting, you know, Depends, Depends on, on the kid. Yeah, I mean, like I'm gonna have Rylan out this year. He's seven. He's gonna be hunting, like trying to kill his own deer. Yeah, and I think that's fair. But if somebody goes out there and takes their, you know, three year old, you know that there's guys that do it and abuse yeah. the abuse the fine lines. I my mean, son, like Dale Earnhardt. See that that's right. That's my point on where I think it would be a good thing is it would help help keep like the dads from shooting the deer for the kid. That's and what just I'm saying at. the kid. That's that's not saying that the the, the seven year old or whatever can't shoot a buck. Period. It's just saying that the weekend before that they get to hunt before season opens, they can't shoot that buck. They have to wait until the next weekend to shoot it. I think that's more memories for the kid than let them take it. So the the reasoning behind not letting them take it, uh, one of the reasons the guy also put out was that he said, and I agree with this hundred percent. When you let a kid shoot a massive buck like that as their first deer, you only make all the hunting after that 10 times harder. Or you planted the seed of addiction in them. No, no, no. Because here's what happens. You can plant that same seed with a big old fat doe, and they can continue to one-up themselves throughout their life by shooting. You, you shoot a doe, you're like, yeah, buddy, I got, I got my first deer. And yeah. then you go from your first deer, you shoot a six point, like my first buck that's behind me on the wall back here. Your fifth buck? Yeah. I got my first buck, and I felt great after shooting my first deer, which was a doe. And then I shoot this buck. And then I go from there, and I, man, I went from there, and I shot a few, uh, quite a few small bucks after that as a kid. And then I finally reached a point where I shot the nine points hanging on the wall inside the house. Then after I shot that deer, um, my goal after shooting that deer was to only shoot deer that were bigger. Right. And, and as a, as a young adult at that time, it was still, it'll eat on you after a while and you just want to kill a deer. Yeah. Well, I can't, but now I can't say that and have the same opinion that you do because I'm not a deer hunter myself. I've never even shot a deer. I've never shot a doe or anything. I right. shot a big old doe. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're not talking about his lunch bag. Um, so that's what that deer fit in. <clears throat> yeah. So for me, I've never shot in a. I've never shot a doe, buck, or nothing. I've never shot a deer, so I don't have that addiction or it going forward with me. Me doing duck hunting, that's it. But I mean, you shoot a redhead, you shoot a redhead, you shoot a redhead. I mean, there is no going above and beyond with like really the sizes right 
So I can't, I can't fathom how you feel about deer hunting myself. I, I, so, I think I, I, I agree to a point, right? Um, I, I don't think a kid should be able to go out and kill. It says, it, it sounds wrong to say that I don't think you should be able to go out and kill like a massive buck, right? But then again, like you're saying, from my perspective as a child, had I shot, I'm still on the chase for, for me, for something that's worth putting over, like, like a fireplace buck is what I call it. Something that's worth putting on your fire, over your fireplace. I still haven't shot one. Just that beautiful symmetrical. Yeah. The, the classic, Um, uh, I hate to say like the buck you see hanging over at, at Cracker Barrel. Because they're a terrible example, mainly because of the taxidermy. Um, yeah, <laughs> but they're all symmetrical, typical, usually nice eight point. Yeah, yeah. And that, to me, that's still part of the chase for me is to shoot that deer. And I pass up lots of deer because I still want that specific buck. I want that buck. I've shot, you know, that uh, that twelve point I have at the house. It was a very very old buck, a mature buck to me. That's a score in my book because I killed a buck that had was smart enough and had lived long enough to for his antlers to go uphill and then back downhill. Right? And it's it's a wild rack. But it it probably doesn't score anything. I mean it might score like an 80. That's probably pushing it. But and it's not well to say it to say it wouldn't score anything is simply based on deductions. Because the rack is it's a it's a big rack, yeah. But it's god awful, distorted and ugly, and just growing all over the dang place. Yeah, that's the ones I like the most. Oh yeah, no. Jordan has a thing for only being able to shoot non typical deer. <laughs> yeah, dude, the, one of the first bucks he shot, the horns are crooked. It's got drop like, tines, dude. It doesn't even have drop tines. The main beam just says and dips down. Did <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see that? buck that Corey love shot in steenahatchee oh that had the horn coming out of its forehead mm-hmm. yeah the one that yeah. got hit by the car yeah i've seen that one. yeah i remember when he killed that so yeah, but, yeah. but for anyways I, it's hard for me to say that kids shouldn't be able to shoot bucks during their right because if a kid wants to go out during youth season and shoot that six point that you shot that's fine by me i mean yeah but, but now you're talking about if you did yeah but you're talking about putting a slot limit I know, and then you get into it; just gets way technical at that point. Right. Well, what about the fourteen-year-old that's out there on his dad's land? You know, every other weekend, actually putting in the work, and that thing steps out in front of him. You know, a big twelve-point steps out in front of him, and doesn't pull the trigger because of it, even though that he deserved it, and then he doesn't see that buck during Maine. That's a valid point. Yeah. See, I, uh, like, who am I? Or, like, or you fourteen to sixteen year old who's yeah, actually out there because we're yeah. talking right now in our heads we're talking about the six year old to the ten year old you're talking so about a little kid yeah we're yeah. not talking about the thirteen year old to seventeen year old that's actually out there hustling and doing the work he's just out there because this is my last youth season youth season and I get a jump on him yeah yeah, yeah. Like, like my point is who am I to say that he can't shoot that deer you know what I mean if the if that I think at that maybe, point you're putting more unnecessary regulations on it. Maybe, yeah, yeah, that's what I think. Now, I, I kind of do agree. Like, yeah, it's not really fair, but 
at the same time, who am I to say that kid can't shoot that buck? Because what if that kid is like that that buck just gets him hooked, and now he's hunting for the rest of his life, right, chasing the one up himself, or get one, you know. So like I'll, that tell, again. I, I'll tell you what, I'll you know tell what, you what I mean. Though. I got a perfect analogy for you, though, and the reason why I feel the way I do about letting a little kid, like a little, little kid, six, seven, eight-year-old, for their first deer shoot a massive buck. Now, think about this. When you were a kid and you first learned to fish, what were you fishing for? Anything I could catch. Yeah, whatever. You were fishing for bluegill. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You Bobber and a worm fishing for bluegill. When you caught your first bass, what would you fish for after that? Bass. Yeah. A bass that was bigger than the bass I caught. Correct. Yeah. So if you took your kid for his That's, first fishing experience to a 10-pound stock bass pond, he was guaranteed to never catch a bass smaller than 10 pounds out of that pond. Do you think he would ever – how long do you think they would chase that high before they quit? How many How many one-pounders would they chase that Chase that 10-pound, trying to find that 11-pounder on I think until they said, you know what, is, screw it? I think that statement's a little controversial because you say a 10-pound stocked, but – we're not talking about a youth hunter going out there to a high fence area and shooting a buck. No, no, We're no. But what I'm land. saying, what I'm trying to, what I'm trying to give you is a scenario where chasing the high, where the kid is is guaranteed to. You know that no matter what, you put that kid, even if you took a kid out to a high fence area for the first year, let him shoot a 200 inch non typical, 230 inch non typical buck. Same thing. They're guaranteed to kill a monster. You pay 30 grand for it. That's why they got to kill a monster. Well, I guess if you can afford that for the first year, you can probably afford it for the second, third, and fourth. You, you keep on going. Yeah. Uh, but it, you're, you're fishing that stock pond. You catch that 10-pound bass, and then you let that kid go loose, and now he has to fish on his own, and he can't go back to that stock pond anymore. How long do you think he's going to keep trying to fish for bass until he just gives up? I don't know. See, I don't think that's every one of them, though. No, I, it's not every one of them, but <clears throat> if it's— And how, how often does it happen that a kid goes out on the youth season and does shoot a monster? I think it's more of a father. I think it depends on where you're at. Younger kid. Yeah, but but it doesn't matter. So we'll say it's one in ten, right? Yeah. So that's what ten out of a thousand. Ten out of a hundred. Hundred out of a thousand. I I don't see a decent amount of kids. Right. I I don't see it affecting it. But you you look at the butterfly effect on that, right? We'll say it's one out of ten. One out of ten gives up after shooting that monster buck. Uh, and had they had to chase that monster buck longer and had a longer okay. period Are you of time, one out of ten, one out of ten, shoot, one out of that, ten that kids that shoots the monster, monster buck, or one, one out, out of ten, ten kids of the kids that shot that. No, one out of ten kid. kids that shoot a monster buck. No, no, just no. say, listen, oh, okay, let me talk. Okay. One out of ten kids that shoots a monster buck. All ten of them shot a monster. One of those ten kids says, you know what, I'm done, and they quit at age, I don't know, fifteen. They don't want to hunt anymore because they're tired of trying to chase that that one that's bigger, the better buck. So then you have your butterfly effect. One out of ten is hundred out of a thousand, right? So of those hundred, could have raised and you give all those all those kids uh, two kids a piece, and yeah. they don't raise them to hunt because they don't hunt anymore. What if what if they decide they like to turkey hunt now? Great. Or if they want to duck duck hunt? Well, it's not just like or, you're or, talking just deer hunting. Like that, I mean, that's the majority of what happens in America, but that's not it. No, it's not. But if you're like, ah, I killed that big buck, and yeah, but I, they'd I, rather duck hunt after I that. I think to well, add to William's point, what you're talking about is you're taking 
one out of 10 kids or 100 out of 1,000 that are no longer putting money back into the conservation of whitetail. See, but that's another thing for me, too, because when I first started duck hunting, I went on a great redhead duck hunt. And I was like, this is awesome. I want to do that. And I went out on my own and I started duck hunting on my own because I wasn't hunting with them guys anymore. And basically they took me because I had a permit. So I went out there duck hunting. I ain't going to lie to you. I sucked. I sucked for a solid five years. And I, still I, almost, I almost got to a point where I quit. But what got me continuing going is that, that high and that feeling of saying someone else can do it. I can do it too. And striving to get back to that place. All right. So, yeah, hey, that's a great example. What, what if yeah. your first duck hunt? What if your first duck hunt ever? was on one of the paid farms in South Georgia where they release a bunch of farm mallards. You can hunt over bait, and all you see all day, and you can shoot as many as you paid for. And you you can kill 15 mallards that day. And you're a kid, brother, and you kill all 15 of them. See, that's what I think. And then you try to chase that high again legally where you can't do half the crap you can. You couldn't kill 10 mallards, and you won't even probably see 15 ducks in a day. Okay, that's what I think you'd think. If you're, if you're going to something like that and you're taking a, a kid, in that example, right, if you're taking a kid to something, you explain, okay, this is not a, the usual circumstance. Right, but how do you take a kid that you that you took out to the hunting lease you've always had and the monster steps out open morning of youth season and he shoots it and tell him, well, this is not normal because it seems pretty normal to him. He's always Him or her, they, they've always hunted just like that with dad. Yeah. Or mom or whoever. And then the first deer they get to kill is just the Mac Daddy. And you don't see another big buck like that. Take South Georgia, for example, man. Every couple of years we've had a lease in South Georgia, a big one shows up. And we yeah. hunt him hard. Then after use after two or three years, where'd he go? Unless so, one of us kills it, we know where well, it went. Let's do it but, on this on another perspective of it. So this is this is Ryland's first year. This is going to be Ryland's first youth hunt. This was well. There's, I mean, te- I, I actually I don't know what the youth if there's a youth season in Alabama. Okay. So in Georgia, I'll give you this one. This All is right. also an interesting thing. In Georgia, there is a quote unquote youth season, but what they allow during for youth season to happen is they allow youth to hunt with a rifle during muzzleloader season. Okay. So there is no separate season because season opens at one date in September and then changes from bow to muzzleloader to rifle and never closes. Now, if you go to Kentucky, Kentucky season opens for a couple weeks, closes for a couple weeks, opens for a couple weeks, closes for a week, and then it changes from bow to muzzleloader to rifle, back to muzzleloader, then back to bow, kind of skips back and forth. And in between those closed periods, you'll have a youth hunt. Okay. Right. So Now, now it going into a youth hunt you're taking rylan in the youth hunt as a father knowing you want the best for your son if that monster buck stepped out could you in your heart tell him do not pull the trigger because you want to see your son ecstatic could you tell him now don't uh, that's the other situation here's the thing <laughs> i got the perfect story for are that. we yeah i know you do are we talking youth hunt as in two weeks before season or are we, as like two weeks before regular season, are we talking to youth hunt where he's got a rifle and I've got a muzzleloader? Before season. Before season. If that was the first deer to step out in front of us, the first deer 
Because chances are, and I'm looking at statistics, simple statistics here. Let me think of a time. Because I mean, it, hang on, I'm, I'm trying to think of a time in my life where I've seen a big buck, and that was the first deer I saw that day, and I can think of one. Before that, I'd always seen two to three deer before that, and then the big buck stepped out. So, statistically speaking, of the full. Even even if it was youth so if you season, count, so, I would so say five. Even five? if it was youth season before before season, and it was youth, and it was the third buck that walked out, and you have it on camera, and you know it's no. the biggest buck on it property. Wouldn't, wouldn't happen, and I'll tell you why. Why? For the same exact okay. Because so, the first buck that because the first buck that stepped out, he's gonna go. Can I shoot it? I'm gonna go sure. And the big one never would have stepped out after that. So I do see what I'm, I, see what I'm getting I, at I, now. I get that. I, I he's got to be yeah. the now, first. What if out it of the was woods. that? If monster, it was the, the fir- biggest the, hang one on, hang on. on property, the first deer out the woods is the Mac Daddy. Yes. Would you let him pull the trigger? It's probably too dark. It's probably too dark. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> Friar knows where we're going there. I got the perfect scenario. I was, William, I was maybe 12. You I'd have walked home. You weren't okay. even 12 because I wasn't. Well, let me think. At the maximum, maybe, I would have been maybe 12. twelve. Yeah, yeah. So no, I wasn't sixteen. You might no, have you been weren't. ten. Yeah, I might have been ten. I don't. Yeah, because about right. Did you, you might have been 14, 13, 14. Yeah, no. So we had went to a spot that everybody had been hunting. Now, mind you, I had hunted that tree stand for four consecutive days, morning and evening, prior to moving. Prior to and them. Al had hunted it the same yeah. too. Had hunted it for a week prior to me getting yeah. in there. Yeah. So we get in that stand. And was I told my dad. This is our first sit. This is our first sit in that okay. stand. Yes. Uh, we get in that stand and I tell my dad, I said, hey, there's a deer trail right there. Right. And there's a limb. I'm sitting on the left side of the tree stand. Because the way this is, it's a, it's a big, like, circular food plot. And the box stand is sitting at the end of it, but it's looking down a road. And so my dad's on the right-hand side. So he's like on the right-hand side at work. It's kind of off to the corner. So you can see down the road and the whole food plot. But off to the right of that food plot, it drops off into a deep ravine. But it's all woods and everything to the left. So I said, Dad, there's a deer trail right there. And there's a limb in my way. If a deer steps out and doesn't come into the food plot, I'm not going to be able to shoot it because of that limb. You know what steps out? Huge nine point. Right there. Right there. <laughs> right behind that limb. Doesn't come out into the food plot. Turns, goes back into the woods. We rattle, 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 grunt, yada, 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 do all kinds of stuff. And it's dark 30, but I can still see. You know, I've, I've been hunting long enough to know how to hunt. And I was a good hunter for my age at that point. But that buck steps out into the middle of the food plot. Couldn't shoot for shit, but he was beautiful. I could shoot for that. Was that thirty thirty? Was that was Dad's fault? <laughs> and that was book. That was the same lease. You're right. Do we need to get him on the phone? Yeah. <laughs> William knows. William and my dad both know that thirty thirty was Dad's fault. Anyways, we'll get, we'll jump into that after. Anyways, this nine point steps out. I can see it. I have it in my crosshairs. I'm taking my time, and I'm getting ready to pull the trigger. And from my right ear, I hear it's too. <laughs> my dad shoots that deer runs off down into the bushes i'm still mad at my dad for it right but i'm also grateful because 
at 10 years old, I would have no longer have been chasing that. To me, part of what I, part of my passion today is to still chase that fireplace buck. Had I killed that buck at 10 years old, I don't think I would have the passion I do today. I didn't kill my nine point that I have inside the, the big nine I've got. I was, you were 16 or 17. I was 19. 19. Mm-hmm. I was 19 years old when I shot that deer. Okay. Now, and I had already passed up. I, I had already found and at least prior to that. I had found a good buck and I hunted it and I missed an opportunity to shoot it twice just cause it wouldn't stop. It was, it was 150 yards and was continuously moving. So I hunted that deer. I moved around, hunted that deer for a while. Couldn't get a shot on it. I think that drive made me become a better hunter. Yeah. Now, what you're asking. So if if that nine point that I shot, 130 inch deer, for me at that time, big buck. If that was the first deer to step out, youth weekend, and it was my boy's first deer, yes, I'd let him shoot it. 130 inch deer is is a good it's, it's a good deer especially for down in southeast right that's that's a good that's a quality buck now we also but get it's not hard to beat it okay if you leave the deep southeast that's what I my next statement was going to be okay you have that nine point and you love that thing that was I would super say it would, high. it's not to say it's not hard to beat it's not impossible to beat it yeah, but you got the super two. high of shooting that deer, and it was great. It's an awesome memory. But what about that memory of the buck that you shot in Florida last year? Did you not get that same feeling? Dude, I, that oh, same 100%. Chase? I didn't even shoot it. Not, 100%. That is still one of the best. That's but a great memory. But the, the thing deer is, wasn't as nice as that one. The thing is, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I already had the itch. I've already got the bug. It doesn't matter if next year... I don't shoot a deer. I'm still going to go back the year after that and hunt. Fair. Because I that that's my thing. I I love hunting whitetail deer. Dude, if I couldn't hunt whitetail deer. That's like telling you that you can't hunt ducks anymore. I, I might as well just be a vegan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <clears throat> gone. So <laughs> the other thing is y'all are assuming this is the kid's first deer. What if it's not? That's a fair point too. I mean, you think about it. Okay, what if you he's already kid, hunted two or three youth seasons? You, and- you've had a, you had a kid, right? That's like Rylan, right? That you gave him a, a gun and was having him hunt a youth season since he was seven, and he's thirteen now. Maybe he's killed a couple does. Maybe he's killed right. A, well, a, we kind of we kind of covered we kind of covered that earlier. You know when what we I mean? talked about. So it know, may the not be the it, in the youth season. Old. Yeah, I think you're constricting a lot there. I mean, I see so I the talked, point I, of the I, argument for it, but I I've talked about this too uh, with several people over the phone. Because I've been, dude, I saw this earlier in the week, and I've been thinking about it all week, and it's just been bugging me and trying to formulate a solid opinion on how I feel about it. It's hard if the kid is old enough to understand his s- achievement, sit on their own. Okay. Right, you're you're not. Like holding their hand and walking them to the stand. If they're if they're to the age where you wake up in the morning, you go, "Where are you going to go hunt?" And I'm going to go sit on the ladder by the creek. Like, all right, buddy. Adios. Fair. Heck yeah, shoot that sucker. That's all you, buddy. That is all you. Yeah, that's like this on the Garmin's. Dad, am I <laughs> am I allowed to shoot this deer? He comes back. What's it look like? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it's brown. It kind of looks like a Dalmatian. It's got yeah. a bunch of spots on it. Shoot it. <laughs> Take yeah. it, Briar. Yeah. <laughs> that was back before cell. Well, it wasn't before cell phones. It was, you know, before children had cell phones. Yeah. We used walkie talkies. Before cell phones were like really wildly popular. That was back before the camera phone. No, it was well, next I think the razor, the razor still had a cell phone on it or had a camera on it. That was before the razor, buddy. Yeah, the razor was popular right, yeah. when I was in high school. You're right. You're right. You're right. When you the had the razor, L. that camp, like you could take a picture of that buck on your phone, and you'd be like, "What is that?" He's like, "It's got, <laughs> it's got horns." He's like, "Hey, this camera's got a half a megapixel." Yeah. <laughs> the latest, greatest, one point five megapixels. Yeah. <laughs> I think with that youth, she youth season should have a minimum age. And leave it at that. I think that it should be kids younger than like. I don't six. think so. But now there's states out there that are actually require that, right? You have I mean, to be a certain age before you can hunt. Well, uh, not I, necessarily hunt, but before you can use a weapon. I, I, That's I get fair it. though. Like make. It I don't set think it is six or seven. No. Why does a three year old need to go out there with a weapon? Well, yes, That's I agree. The dead but taking but, advantage of it. But here's the thing, though. If you if nobody puts it at six or seven, they put it at twelve. Oh yeah, that's unfair. Uh, right now, so you, you need to, for the in my opinion, you leave that up to the parent. That, that when they're the kid, because each that's kid's fair. different, right? That's fair. Yeah. I would, dude. I gave Ryan a BB gun at three years old. Ain't no way I'd give my daughter one right now. Is that why there's no squirrels <laughs> around here? <laughs> she's crazy. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> she, why she's William... a little. She's, there, there's a difference, and that you're right. That's why I got a semi-automatic twenty-two, and you got a bolt action. There's a difference <laughs> in mild. And wild. Right? <laughs> they can trust me not to just haul off and start shooting at everything with a, a whole magazine full. They need to make sure Jordan had to rack a bolt every time <laughs> he had to shoot one. Uh, I still did some damage for that thing. <laughs> but and but the, thing, the thing is, man, it's like, you know, Rylan got a, a shotgun for Christmas last year at six years old. But I didn't go out and buy him a pump 20 gauge. I bought him a single shot 410. Yeah. And you know what cracked me up the first time I ever let him do it? He and I don't know where he saw this. Probably following us around in the woods on small game hunts. He cracked the barrel open, stuck it over his shoulder. Nice. <laughs> I was like, the boy knows he's got the barrel in front of him, pointed at the ground. He's extremely conscious, like self conscious about gun safety, which is great. And that's something I, I beat into him Should with be. the BB gun and everything else. You know, my first BB gun that I got. You know, shooting around with dad in the backyard. And then I got to the age where I could, you know, keep it in my room and, you know, target practice, do whatever. And I got this great idea. I was probably about Rylan's age now. And I went out back and we didn't have, I couldn't find cans and stuff. And I was out near my dad's barn. And he had this big fish cleaning table that he would set on sawhorses, clean all of his specs, hose it off and put it on the side. Well, it was cutting board material. It was that starboard. Yeah. So I took that and taped a piece of paper to it, and I started shooting cut board, and it started shooting back at me. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, Matt says he's never been a deer hunter. Had Matt grown up as a deer hunter, he'd probably kill some wicked deer because he grew up on the edge of the Wakaiba. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Not, not, not the Wakaiba River. He grew up on the edge of the Wakaiba Springs State Forest, or National Forest, State Forest, whatever it is. Yeah. Where you I, cannot hunt. Yeah. I have seen so many double bearded hens in my life in my front yard just tossing corn to them. It's one of those things, man. Yeah. Like it, it, It's such a circumstantial thing to sit here and but, say, don't let a kid shoot the... But, you the, know, but that is fair because you guys were talking about bearded hens or double bearded hens. Oh my gosh, double bearded hens is such a rarity. But I'm over here just like, 
what's so special about it. Right. Circumstantial. Yeah. But see, like, how, how do you regulate that? Because, well, I mean, you obviously, how do you regulate that with everything that we've talked about? How do you regulate that and not over-restrict it to where you go, no bucks or you have the slot limit? Yeah, I was no, you, say. you just, I mean, it's simply saying you, you have to overregulate it. You have to say, well, and I wouldn't put a slot limit. I would just say no bucks. So yeah, not now, just, what Florida does for youth is they eliminate the majority of the antler restrictions that we have. Because you, you know, you have to kill a, if you kill a buck in Florida, it has to be three points on one side or a 10 inch main beam. Yeah. Kids can kill a spike as long as yeah. it, I'm pretty sure it only has to be five inches or I think it's th- three. It has to be a legal, a legal antler deer. Yeah. So but, I mean, like, which I think actually works that's out perfectly. Fair. Yeah, that's fair though. I mean, uh, that's like either one you let the kid kill it for his first deer, right? right? Or you go, you use that as like a teaching moment. Hey, let's not shoot that. Let's wait for a bigger one. You know what I mean? So you could do either or there, depending. But I think. Me and if, if I had a kid, I'd be like, shoot that sucker. Yeah. So, hear me out though. It's like Briar said. It's it's just the excitement of shooting. It's it's not the size. So, before you had realized that you didn't shoot a big old doe. Yeah. How long had it been since you shot a deer? Oh, it'd been years. I mean, when he when Briar says years, you're probably talking ten, right? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. How old were you when you years. shot your first deer? Oh, I wasn't even driving. 14? Probably 12. 12, 13, something like that, maybe. And you were 28? Yeah. No, I was almost 30. 28? That is almost 30. That is almost 30. I mean, like 29 or 30 is what I mean. Okay. And that was the second deer you would shot? Yeah. Dude, granted, whether you shot a button buck or not, we were still excited for you that you had finally harvested another deer after that extended period of time. Yeah. I'm glad he shot the button buck. I got his mama a couple weeks later. She's a big old doe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's my Out of the thing. same tree stand yeah. in the same spot. <laughs> that's my thing as a father. Like, if Claire grew up and I was to take her deer hunting and doing it, and I had the chase for deer, and I sat there, and she was eight, nine years old, she didn't put in the work yet or something, and I seen a monster deer walk out i would want claire to shoot that for the fact that i know that it is a lifetime it's a lifetime buck that may never happen again and i would do it for my own selfish needs wanting the best for my kid so i was gonna say you know i, I don't let me, have let me add this on too real quick so you're we're talking about a young child right not maybe not necessarily 13 14 the 13 or 14 year old might actually know what they shot and it no, might not have, be I, their first here's year. what we're gonna do we're gonna put but this we're gonna is, put a limit we're gonna put a cap on it we're gonna say this is said kids first deer first deer that eliminates a lot of gray area okay but also this is my thing it, because and this does have a little age thing because of what i'm my point has a little bit of if it's if it okay if rylan killed that 180 inch deer would he really know exactly what he's done no. Or would he just think he shot a big buck? He would just think he shot a big buck. Exactly. Yeah. So him chasing that may not affect it because now he wants to kill another big buck. Right. But that might keep the chase going on him. 
But at the same time with that, but, if it's just their first deer and they're 14 and they've been watching, you know, Real Tree Outdoors or whatever on the Outdoor Channel, and they know what a 180-inch deer looks like, it may be different. So it's also dependent on the child. But how long, this goes back to how long, can you continue to attempt to catch the 11-pound bass before you get tired of throwing two-pounders back? Well, who I don't here, know. I think some who people... here has caught a 10-pound bass? You're a liar. Lake Ola one You're time on a shiner. Okay, I believe that. Oh, yeah, I, maybe in Lake Ola. But. Do you all, do you still enjoy bass fishing? I don't bass fish. No. I caught an eight pounder and no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> nine I, is my biggest yeah. and nine. Well, I, caught, I think yeah. that also goes to where we were in high school and we were just pond hopping and stuff. Cause I, was, I think we I, were, uh, granted being, especially me and Matt, like the area that we've grown up in, you know, you and Briar kind of left. Me and Matt have stayed. Generally, we're saltwater fishermen. Correct. We're, oh, we're an hour from each coast. Yeah. Bass fishing, cool, man. You know, that's 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 cool. But Look, man, I get I, that. I like to but bass But see, fish. I've also bass fished my whole life. Yeah. So, it's like catching the bass is not that much. But now going and chasing the redfish, granted, we are an hour from each coast. But... Hour and a half. Something. It depends truck. on where you're going. It depends on how many repairs I gotta make. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I mean, it. My parent, my my parents didn't fish. My dad didn't fish or anything. My grandfather took me fishing, and we bass fish. And now, like for you, like I, I grew up. You know, my when we go to North Carolina to visit my grandparents in their house up there, my grandfather would take me fly fishing for trout. So, like I've done that. That, like, that might be something you would want to do. And I'm that's like, something eh. I would want to watch is Briar fly fishing. I've done that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Briar could probably fly fish better than any of us in this room. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't You're know. a pretty Maybe. good fly fisherman. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Matt might. I mean, yeah. in a river. I mean, I could probably throw a four weight better. Than Dude, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I would love to go up to uh, North Carolina one summer. It just fish. Like make a trip out of it. Yeah. For you know, the, like, the four I of would, us for you know four or five days. Like, like I've, what I'm saying is, is I've done that. It wouldn't be like my first time. Even if I right. caught a big one, it wouldn't be my first big trout that I've caught on a fly rod in North Carolina. Right. You know what I mean? But still, it doesn't mean I don't enjoy doing it. Well, so here's so, the thing, man. You talk about bass fishing. You asked, you asked how many has caught a 10 pound bass. I've caught an eight pound bass on a rattle trap. I've caught a handful of five, six pound bass on this lure or that lure. Um, and I still, to this day, only truly enjoy bass fishing if they're biting good. Yeah. yeah. I can't sit there and fish just cast and cast and cast. Dude, if I'm going bass fishing and the fish aren't biting, I'm just going to get in the water. I'll swim. Yeah. 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 I don't care. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not going bass fishing without beers in the cooler. Wait, that too. I also, think me and Briar a couple years back went on my birthday. I took my birthday off work and I caught one or two and I said, screw it. And I just sat in the boat and drank beer while Briar dove around. Pretty much. (laughs) The Under Pressure Outdoors podcast is brought to you in part by Hang Free. With a mission to provide top quality products for the best possible price, Hang Free believes that the saddle hunting experience is worth more than money. They create both tried and true products as well as debut new items to the saddle hunting community, creating a community of saddle hunters that don't have to break the bank to participate in the hobby that they love. Do yourself a favor and join the Hang Free family this hunting season. They truly have everything you need. Don't forget to use offer code UPO10 at checkout for 10% off your order at hangfree.co.
remember that. So, so I kind of want to double it back to, to deer hunting. And um, the one thing for me, and, and I, I didn't shoot the big deer off the bat, so I don't know. But for me, part of, and this is what I kind of brought up to William when he brought it up. I, he said that kids, you know, that what the guy said. And then uh, I said, but what if he'd been scouting with his dad and put in the work? So part of the itch for me. Tagged along for the work, you mean? Well, even even if you're tagged along, right? Yeah. You, you, the kid's still technically putting in the work. It's not easy, especially here in the state of Florida. You're, you're, it's not easy to find that deer yeah. if you're on public land. Um, part, part of the itch for me, and it's the same with duck hunting, is putting in the work to find the ducks. It's, it's putting in the work to find the animal itself. It's being I, successful. Like, yeah, because I I know that I'm successful because of the work that I had put in. Correct. You get to enjoy the fruits of your labor. Now, yeah. But and, and I don't know if a, if a kid, like I said, I didn't shoot that big deer. I didn't shoot tons of ducks. Dude, when I went duck hunting for the first, like you said, few years, I was riding along with buddies. I was probably riding along with you, riding along with Chase. I didn't shoot shit. Not a damn thing, but it gave me the itch to put in the work myself. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying. Like I went on them big redhead hunts, and then I sucked for like five years. But it was me chasing. I know that you were feeling, chasing the work. Yeah, to I get was, that feeling. Correct. Yeah, and that's what pushed me. If I didn't have that feeling, and I just sucked for five years. I would have hung it up. Yeah. If I didn't know, if I didn't taste the fruit beforehand. I mean, but I tasted the fruit off of a six point. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I didn't put in the work. I mean, Grant, I can't say I didn't put in the work because we had a lease and we helped dad do food plots and stuff like that. We didn't help a whole lot. But we still helped. Helped in quotation but, marks. Yeah, yeah, quotation helped. There's, we were there for the work. There wasn't much you could do as a, a toddler or a, a young child. Yeah. So You know, you can't lift a 50-pound bag of, of seed. Right, you can maybe throw a couple scoops in Dad's hand spreader. No, but I can tell you that a that a four year old, three three two three year old can fill their pockets slap full of corn. <laughs> I, yeah, I believe that. <laughs> and it comes out in the dryer in the washing machine. Yeah. <laughs> so mine going back to the child shooting a deer. There's two points that I think about, or I can say is, you said that if Ryland shot a one eighty this season that he wouldn't understand that it was that big of a buck. You just think that's a big buck. So he's at the age now where he's going to go every year because of the excitement of just shooting something. He's not going to go, Oh, why am I going to go again? If I'm not going to shoot something that big, he's going to chase. I don't even know that it has so much to do with killing something. The kid's been, He's been hunting with me since he was two. That's what I'm saying. He's yeah. he's learned to enjoy the chase, right? Right. But you and see. he's killed this whole time. Just this last year, he killed two squirrels. And he's. I said something the other day. I was like, "You ready for baseball season? He's gonna play baseball in the fall. He plays fall and spring. Kid loves baseball." He says, "Yeah, I'm ready for hunting season. I want to go hunting." <laughs> Like boy, you baseball's gonna start for hunting season does. But he's he's right now, he's sitting here in the summertime just like I am thinking about deer season's coming. No, he's thinking about 
quote unquote duck season. No, he's it? he's wanting to go. He knows there's a deer leash in Alabama, and he wants to go deer hunt. Does he? Yeah, he is. He, all he's talked there. about, all he's talked about is that dang uh, wanting to use his 410 to shoot a deer. And I'm like, I talked to him the other night. I was like, dude, I I know you want to use your 410. I said, but I want you to use you know this rifle instead of a of a 410. Oh, but dad, I just and. My 410. I said, I'll tell you what, <clears throat> we'll go out there to the range. We'll put a slug in your 410. You shoot this rifle and then you shoot your 410. Tell me which one you want to shoot a deer at. <laughs> I would tell And I guarantee out. it's going to be that, that 6.8 SPC AR over that 410 with a yeah. slug in it. Because that, four, that little 410 is going to kick like a freaking mule yeah. with a slug in it. I would just turn around and right before the trip, like the week before, wrap, wrap, that, you know, wrap that rifle up or something and just be like, Rylan, I bought you a new gun. For deer season, for deer hunting, ah, open it up and go. I care. have a second one. I mean, he does, but uh, the the rifle in, in question is belongs to my dad. It's a uh, AR fifteen and chambered in six point eight SPC, and that uh, round is more than capable of killing a deer up to two hundred yards. But it also has next to no recoil. Uh, if you've ever shot a like a two twenty three or five five six mm-hmm. AR, like you know that there's no recoil whatsoever. Correct. And if you've shot it a lot, you get used to that recoil. And, you, and if I threw a six, I put you on a six eight AR, you shot it, you'd go, "Oh, this is a bigger bullet." Okay. Like you notice a difference in recoil, but it's not like, "Oh man, that sucker kicks like a thirty out six. There's a noticeable difference in recoil, but there's not re- a lot of recoil to it. And the nice thing about the AR is him, you know, only being seven, I can collapse the stock all the way down, and it still fits him well. I had him. Uh, try out that like a fully collapsed stock on my AR, which is a 223. Um, and it fits him fine. He's able to get behind it, see a clear sight picture in the scope. And I was like, perfect, bud. I'm not, I got, I got a single shot brake barrel. It's stock is probably about yay long. Old guns about this long. It'd be perfect for him to shoot a deer, but it's a 4570. No, no, no heck it was. <laughs> I don't even like shooting a forty-five seventy. I tried to sight my dad's forty-five seventy, and that thing beat me to death. Yeah, I don't like full-size forty-five seventy. It beat the crap out of you. Well, that's the worst part about the gun is it's the size of a youth gun. And you yeah. look at it and just like, oh, that's pretty cute. And you open it up yeah. and you're like, oh, I don't like people this. Like, <laughs> yeah, people like small guns till you realize that the heavier it is, the less it kicks. That's what I'm trying right. to explain to Rylan. He's like, well, that's a big gun. I'm like, you, I, okay, I understand it's bigger than your 410. I was like, but if I gave you a Ford, like if you shot Grandpa's 410, it kicks less than your 410 because it's bigger. I don't know. My bolt action kicks pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But still, I don't know if you've ever shot that little, that, yeah, you have. It's got a pretty good little punch to it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Being a little youth 410. Yeah. But I'm I'm looking forward to being able to take him out duck hunting this year. Put some bismuth in that 410. Let him have at it. He's gonna, gonna have a good time. It but it's gonna have to be the out more of your shoot is gonna be. Oh, Morehead's gonna be fun. Yeah, so we still have to. Get Please, that. I got a boat. We gotta get Jim's yeah, got a boat. We're taking him out in Briar's boat, and you just need to work on getting that motor on yours. I need you to buy me an impeller for it. No, getting the motor on your boat. Mm. Yeah, I'll stick that nine nine on mine. <laughs> you know, I was talking to Briar today about that deer hunt we went on last year on the island, and he's like, "How are you going to get out there if you draw it on redraws?" I was like, "John boat." I said, "If all else fails, I'll put the nine nine on the back of Jordan's boat, and we'll just go five miles an hour the whole way there. <laughs> we'll just have to leave at one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. To get there, but we're gonna get there. The, the, man, just the John boat. Everything we had in my boat, we could easily minus you know the Yeti. 
But the, you got to think the Yeti took up a lot of room, right? The the cooler took up a lot of room. The we, only thing we I'm concerned thrown, about weight is weight when you throw a dang 125 pound beer on top of there. With, what's ready Friday? Of course, me and Briar have been huh? in that boat together. What's so ready? You Friday, put me, though? you, and 130 pound yeah. deer, and we're just the same thing. What's ready Friday? I don't know what's ready this Friday. weekend. Our hang free setups. But true, you don't have climbers. Yeah, we don't have climbers. We're, There's minus 30 pounds. So yeah. what? <laughs> Well, thirty. Well, yeah. Or you think they're fifteen pounds a piece? I bet probably I bet with your backpack. 60, I'll say I bet you're minus sixty pounds with the two climbers. Probably thirty pounds a piece. Twenty five. No, the climbers 50. themselves are are fifteen pounds a piece. You think? Yeah, or less. When you throw your backpack and all that other crap on top of there, which you're still going to have with your yeah. Worst it's, case, it's, I'll yeah. drop you off. All right. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I, I think that anything. If I can't is stay possible, there, I'll drop you off. <laughs> anything is possible. If you want it bad enough, because where I was hunting doing layouts last year, I seen three guys with two full bags of decoys on the back of a jet ski running across. You know which lake I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, you can do it, man. They yeah. make them green, green jet skis now. Yeah, so. I know, but three guys and two bags of like decoys all of green on jet, a jet skis. ski. I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, if you want it bad enough, I don't, man. That John Butt will easily handle a deer, two saddle setups, and yeah. I don't Easy. disagree. Yeah. But throw him in the middle. It's not like you're throwing him towards the back or anything. And you don't have to run, right? You might want to run to get there. When you, we you pretty much out the back. whole way back with the deer in there anyway. Yeah. Or you guys just use Briar's boat or my boat, but you're the only one allowed to drive. Jordan's not. Hey, listen, you I don't, never, you don't want Briar to drive you. Listen, yeah. Jordan's <laughs> never flipped well, the boat. Briar, on its already, top. Briar already has a boat, so he don't need to borrow my boat. Jordan's never flipped his boat. I still on. have a boat. Okay. Hang on. Stop. Jordan hasn't flipped the boat on its top yet. Correct. <laughs> it's a gator track, so it's it's just going to... No, I can't say that. That video that you have jumping that dike, you were pretty darn close. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was that was scary. I thought I was going to die, but I acted in time. Anyways, it's not how bad I drive a boat. It's how shitty my motor was at that point. I can I can drive the piss out of a boat. Well, I just had a boat that was regardless. Back to what we were saying. You do, do you let the kid shoot the deer or not? Yes, I think that you should let him because that is like saying, "Oh yeah, spoil him with the deer." That could be motivation in my book because if you go out there right now, you're chasing what's a big deer that you want to shoot? How big? Like what would be your? I'd like to shoot a Boone, a Boone and Crockett with my rifle or a Pope and Young with my bow. Okay, so if you went out there this season and you shot those two deer, both those or a Florida Registry buck with either one, would you hang it up? Say, well, no, because you already have no. The edge. But I've been hunting for over twenty years. Right. I I have a I have a deeper understanding of sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Right. I'm not a, I'm not, I don't have an immature brain anymore. Right. My, my brain now at 32 years old scientifically is fully developed. And I understand. I don't know if I'd take it that far. I, think, I said, I like hey, listen, you, he's I starting said, to go back down the other way scientifically. now. <laughs> I said scientifically. Okay. That's my, you know, the clause. Uh, it's, it's fully developed. And I understand that sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Sometimes you kill a big buck. Sometimes you don't. 
I would not now ever pass up a 180-inch deer thinking, oh, I'm going to be done. But I also understand that I, I could shoot a 180-inch deer. If I shot a 180-inch deer in Georgia or Alabama, I know that chances are I'll probably never repeat that ever again because they're just few But you're still going to be happy with another 150. 100%. Because I understand. That's understanding in the, the, the average class of deer that comes out of the state you're hunting in. Now, don't get me wrong. If I shot a 180-inch in Alabama – Buddy, I'm I'm gonna hunt in Alabama, or I'm gonna hunt in Georgia, or I'm hunting Florida, but I'm gonna start spending more time trying to get up to Wisconsin. Yeah, to shoot 190 or 200. I'm gonna start looking at those states where I can move up and I have a better chance of shooting shooting a deer bigger than what I've already shot. But as a kid, you you don't necessarily have that type of understanding. You you're relying on at the point that the child is relying on a parent or a guardian to take them to kill that deer. It's, it's kind of luck of the draw. They shoot the big deer and then, you know, all the, they ever kill at, and they continue to hunt the same spot in Southeast or South Georgia for the rest of their life. They're probably never going to kill a deer like that again. But at an, at a point where I, where I'm at now, if I shot that deer in South Georgia, South Alabama, Florida, whatever, I understand that this deer that I shot here, that's a once in a lifetime deer in this spot. But I can move on from here and I can go to other states where that deer is more common. Not that they're like everybody shoots a 180, but it's not uncommon for a 180 to get killed every year, multiple to get killed every year. And I hunt there to try and kill a 190 or a 200. Fair. It's, it's about a deeper understanding in a, a basically getting the love of the game before. You, 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 you step up the game. You step up to the plate and you hit a home run <clears> your first time, and the next time you strike out, you feel worse about striking out versus if you struck out fifteen times before you hit a home run. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. You say it's like <clears throat> your first football game, you go win the Super Bowl. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your first fir- yeah your first football game, but, first time you ever step foot on the field, you get a ring. But my point, my point still applies of depending on the age and is the child. Still understanding of what what they've done, right? That that's what I'm talking about. The first time you see the kid who's 14 years old who may have shot two or three deer and had seasons where they didn't see anything, they've struck out 15 times before they hit a home run. Yeah, I, I get they that. understand but I'm saying, that this like is, the the seven year old is the seven year old going to comprehend that they may never shoot another buck that big again. They may not, and that's the point. Yes, I understand, but do they at, at that time? And even maybe, I mean, could they be, you know, 20 years old before they realize they may never shoot another buck that big? But is that, and by that time, does it matter? Are they, they could still continue to hunt. The question is, does the kid at seven years old who shot the 180 inch deer continue to hunt till they're 20 years old and realize they'll never, they could never shoot one like that again? Or do they hunt until they're 12 and say, I don't, I'd rather play video games. Or I'd rather take up something else instead many, of this because it's too hard. How, how many? It how was many? Easy kids? the first time. It was so easy the first time. Why isn't it that easy now? But okay, how many kids go out and they shoot a doe and then drop it because they would rather play video games anyways nowadays? Well, it, like that's a whole because subject. it's easier, right? I think you're losing more kids to that than kids that have shot a giant buck, their first buck ever when they were seven. Well, statistically, yeah, yeah sure. 
But you know what I mean? That's so it's not an issue. There's grown men. No, sure. No, no, absolutely not. That that's a that's a terrible way to put it because I've never killed a 180 inch deer. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I dropped it for video games, right? Because I got a love for the game, a love for the sport through uh, through hunting for years. I was 12 years old and I started hunting with my dad, probably religiously at about the age of six. So I hunted with my dad for six years. Really, I started hunting with him when I was four, so nine, before I ever killed a doe at 12. And then I shot this buck later on that year. The vast majority of the kids that go out on the youth hunt probably don't kill anything. Yeah. Right. And I, I think that the big picture that all of us can agree with is that no matter the age, no matter it's everything we've argued aside... I, I don't want to put more regulations on hunting. No, I don't either. No. I think, like, ultimately... W- whether it be big or small, a small regulation is only going to lead to more, and you just like knock the, it off at that. Let it, let it be what it is, and don't add more regulations to hunting. I, I think yeah. that's what it is. I think it's, ultimately, it comes down to that's not a decision for the regulatory... Well, no, I agree. Uh, to, to make, it's a father's decision, not a yeah, lawman's that's, decision. That's the it's, parent it's, or guardian's yeah. decision that's sitting in the tree stand with the kid. Because it doesn't matter if they're 16 years old yeah. to, hunt, to be a youth, to hunt on the youth. I think you still have to have a parent or guardian there with them, not, correct? Not, or an adult? Not. It, it would be dependent. If you're on a lease, your private property. Okay. If you owned 80 acres and it's youth season and they're 16 years old and you, per, I mean, I don't know if this is, some say some sure it's not legal, but again, that's another that, thing I think should I be mean, up to the apparent, the yeah. adult. Um, if I trust you to walk out there with your 243 yeah. at 12 years old and sit in the box mom behind the house, then that's my choice. Yeah. even I, I mean, even at 14, you know what I mean? Right. There's probably kids out there that are 12 that can... Get on a four wheeler in, in South Alabama where their dad owns the farm. Yeah, but right. then again, that's up to the to the parent to decide that the yeah. child has the mental comprehension. To yeah, do so. that's not. I don't think that's up to the government. That's where we go back. That. to will would be able but, to do it at twelve. Jordan, we still don't trust. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, on certain. But, well, you you. I mean, on the same hand, uh, should they put a minimum poundage weight on bows? Yes. Uh, I, I, I would say yes. What I mean, it, are you going to let Ryland go out with a 15-pound bow and try and kill a deer? I don't think a 15-pound nope. bow is going to. I think, but that's I, sure, I, I think sure. bows are. I think sense. bows are different. That's like saying no, but, that but, you're going to let your kid go hunt with a 22. I right. Let, no, I wouldn't let my kid hunt with. Uh, but it's not ethical I to allow a child let them to hunt, hunt with, with a fifteen-pound bow. But could you kill a deer with a fifteen-pound bow? Hundred percent. I think it'd yeah, make it. Yeah, ten yards longer. and in. You're sure. running. You're running sketchy situations at that point. But no, inside of ten ten yards and in, you're golden pony. Golden pony boy. Fifteen pounds. You're golden. You tell. You're telling me that Native Americans made bows that that. No, they pulled a minimum of 30 pounds. Yeah, but then you're going uh, back to uh, those. Uh, 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 uh. You're telling me that Native Americans made bows that pulled a minimum of 30 pounds. No, but those kids were in the woods. I'm not talking about like, kids. I'm talking about adults. They knew what they were doing. Doesn't matter. Like I said, 10 yards and in, 15 pounds is good. You're talking about 
one kid versus the next. You're talking about somebody who's never been to the woods. You put a 15 pound bow in their hand. Yep. You're telling me, can you, can, can you think you could kill a deer with a pellet gun? hundred percent. Right. Depends on the pellet gun. But would you trust Rylan at seven years old to go kill a deer with a pellet gun? No. Okay. Then I I wouldn't trust any kid. I don't care how good the kid is. I wouldn't trust any kid ethics wise. I wouldn't trust any kid to shoot a deer with a pellet gun and kill it. Sure. No. Okay, so why would I trust Wait, any? Are you? I'm, but you're, but you're missed. You, you didn't, you didn't hear. You didn't hear what, what I said. What pellet Stop. gun are you talking about? here? Doesn't matter because like if I a if regular I, old gamo one seventy seven. Yeah, hundred percent. I'd kill a deer with that. Hundred percent. Not not a second. Not a second yes, thought. In my and mind. I know that I could kill but a deer with a fifteen. Listen, pound bow. listen to my question again. Did I say that should a kid be allowed to hunt? Did did I say that should we put a weight weight restriction for kids? Or should we put a weight restriction on bows? Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. In All general. I asked was, in general, should there be a weight restriction on, on how much you have to pull back for a bow? Now, I think my opinion on that is, ethics. yes, and it should be like 25 to 30 pounds. Yes. Now, why? I don't know enough about archery than, to other than argue in a, there. Other than in a kid's instance... On needing to drop the draw weight below 35, other than in a child's environment or for a child to shoot a bow, what would be the reasoning of going into the woods with a draw weight less? I don't know if there is one. Trad to be bows. completely honest, what? Trad, trad bows pulling 50 pounds at, at 29, 30 inches. Please. Okay. But what would be the purpose for somebody to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to take a 20-pound compared to Challenge. That's yeah. what people would equate it to is, is a challenge because the deer has to be so close for you to kill it efficiently with, with a 15-pound bow. But then it's you're yeah. barely traveling don't... fast enough at that point to really... At 10 yards? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but if you get it in 10 yards, you did your job, shoot it with a 50. I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. You, if you want the challenge... but the. So to me, and, and I agree with you on that aspect, if you want the challenge of having to kill a deer close, why do you need 15 pounds? Just don't shoot a deer past 10 yards. Yeah. Correct. But if you have to have that extra, like, it, it, if you think you have to shoot a 15-pound bow to kill a deer at 10 yards, you lack self-control. Completely End of story. agree with that. Yeah. Because you, you can kill a doe. You, you can kill a doe. You can kill a deer... At with a hundred and fifty pound bow at ten yards, I've killed a hog at five with mine. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's a matter of self control and waiting for the deer to come to ten yards to shoot it with that. I think if you want to throw a challenge into it, go from a compound to a recurve. Yeah, sure. Yeah, right. And you could still. Shoot well, the question is like, pounds. do you think it should be legal to kill deer with a spear? If you can ethically That's do it, why one. not? It's it's not legal in most states. Most states, yeah. If you can ethically do it, I think I think, I think what it boils down to, to yeah. But here's I, yeah. the thing: here, here's what is ethics? We already talked about this earlier. I mean, it's still it's it, it, it's it, not tech, most people. It's ethics. You can make ethics, an argument. For ethics this are sides. next akin to opinions. They're like assholes. Yep. Everybody got one. Everybody has one, and they all stink. Yeah, yeah. I, I think right? it, because it, your your ethics are almost strictly an opinion. What you believe is ethical and what I believe is ethical. I don't think it's ethical to shoot a deer in the head. I don't either. 
because your margin of error is so small that if the deer moves, you could hit it in the jaw and the deer does not die from the gunshot. It dies because it starves to death. Yeah. Yeah. Then it boils down to opinion. Right. It's a matter of opinion. But there's plenty of people out there to tell you that's the most ethical shot you can make because the deer will just die instantly. It, but if arts. you, if in that very small margin of error, you make a, you, you don't have to make a mistake. You can make the perfect shot and the deer could go, what was that noise? Yeah. And now the mistake happens completely outside of your control. Fair argument. Yeah. So ethics, ethics is a very slippery slope when it comes to, comes to hunting because yeah. what is ethical for you may not be ethical for me. What is ethical for me may not be ethical for anybody else around this table. And you, you, you say you, you, if you can ethically kill a deer with a spear, well, how do you judge that? Yeah. I was do you put say, a regulation on how far the deer has to be? I would say when maybe it, when, I've got a wicked arm and I can throw a spear 50 yards ethically. Yeah. I, I think what it boils down to is when it, when, when they decide regulations, it's how many of your average people statistics yeah it, it boils down to statistics did you know that 70 percent of statistics are made up yep i believe it i just made that including up. that one yeah, yeah <laughs> including that one yeah um it just boils down to the statistics of how many people can do it and how, how many people can successfully do it without wounding the deer right i think that well that's that's the issue so how many people are okay how often does this happen that people have had this rifle for 15 years and they don't go and check their zero before hunting season every year. Oh, bro. Okay. Dude. So now somebody don't, don't get, you, dude, I, I, that, that's one of my biggest pet peeves, so, man. Listen, but let me continue. So the same thing goes for the spear hunting. How many people are only going to pick up that spear for deer season? Same. I, so we go into the we go into the. Uh, well, then we're we're also slipping down because you're talking about that. And my argument, you're so how that, many people rifle most hunt people, deer but not bow hunt deer. So I got a better one for you. Bow hunting is more of a challenge, and so, that's what they're chasing. So, so, so I got the spear, right? Like I said, how many people like you would have to make people jump through so many hoops to be able to do it. That it's not even worth it, because then you would have to have a class. You would have to have, you know, be able to prove that you can ethically shoot the deer before you did it. You know what I mean? So there's so much, you might as well just not even make it legal. So, so, but so, in here, my opinion, that's I'll, my I'll opinion ruffle a few feathers. Crossbows during archery season. I don't give a crap personally, but I can't shoot a bow either. So, you you need to try and not you get your ass fixed. Probably, I think you should, but. And I, and I do want to pick up a bow because it's something I'm just. We're gonna we're gonna know. try and get some stuff in the works for you, but but anyways, crossbow, I'll make a call tomorrow. Crossbow during bow season, I think that it should only be allowed by youth and disability. I disagree. Well, maybe the disability, not with the youth. The youth, I think, statistically speaking. Here we go again. If you if, you, if you're old enough to pull a bow, go ahead. Statistically speaking. Well, it's a proven fact that a compound bow at distance in a practice hand is more accurate than a, than a crossbow. I believe it. And the reason being is the length of the arrow allows for better stabilization in flight. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I mean, I completely agree that you should allow crossbows during bow season. I, I like to bow hunt. I'm not a super big bow hunter. I'm not the guy who bow hunts all year long. I guess I could be though, if the weather was right, you know, and I had plenty of deer to look at, but I don't. So when the bow season's over, I pick up the muzzleloader. When it's over, I pick up the rifle. Honestly, if I had to pick one weapon to hunt the entire year with that I enjoy the most, it'd be my muzzleloader. I enjoy the challenge of only having the one shot and the, the extended reload time. Um, but the amount of people, I, in my opinion, I think that a lot of people that crossbow hunt probably don't practice near as much as people who are dedicated to bow hunting. I would just say the discipline. The, yeah, the discipline in the yeah. sport. The, 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 I would be willing to bet, regardless, you're, it takes away, the only, I, the only thing a crossbow really takes away from deer hunting or from bow hunting is the fact that you don't need to practice near as much to be accurate. But on the same hand, we had a real gray area with these new crossbows. Now the Raven that shoots this group at a hundred yards, holy cow. But you have such a flight time. There's a lot of time for error. Albeit faster than a regular compound bow. Yeah. There's still an extended flight time. It ain't a bullet, man. It's a it's an arrow. It's a bolt. That deer can take you want one step it. and you're in its guts rather than in its... And now we're talking ethics again. Yeah. yeah. Is it ethical to shoot a deer at 100 yeah. yards with a bow? Depends I don't know. It's on the it, person. I think there's what, people that what, can do it. What do you consider ethics? Like we said, it depends per person. Depends on the... and Well, I I agree. Is it ethical to shoot a, uh, shoot a deer at 100 yards with a bow in Florida? My answer to that is a simple no. Yeah. Could you even, would the arrow even make it to the deer to hunt? Exactly. In mo- I, in is it the majority is it of the ethical? Is it ethical to shoot a bedded mule deer at a hundred yards in Montana? Yeah, I don't think so. Why not? Well, well, why I not? mean, I guess the deer, it's, it's, it's not it is, going it anywhere. Ethical. It is ethical. Correct. Right. You, you've hit a scenario where the deer is, is stationary, and this would be a great time to have Tyke on here. Yeah. Because Tyke, you we look at a hundred yards with a bow is a long shot. Well, hundred what's a hundred yards on an elk? If you have a bow that can to make the penetration, you're still carrying enough kinetic energy to hundred yards to to get a good shot. And well, you're, so they're you're making eighty yard shot. shots every day, right? Elk. Yeah, right. But that's a big vital zone. So you're you we we all we always come at a, at a, at a at looking at ethics from a point of, well, this is how I do it. That's why it's not ethical. Yeah. So uh, I got something for you. You think eighty and, yards here. Now, one more thing. You you look at 80 yards here in Florida, you're like, that's a long shot and a lot of brush. Look at 80 yards in Montana. When you're looking at 80 yards. Downhill. And, and you can, well, not even, not even thinking 80 yards on flat ground. Let's talk 80 yards in high desert. You can see something 80 yards, but you can also see something 22 miles away. Yeah. So does 80 yards seem that far? Yeah. It doesn't. Exactly. So I I don't know. It. If you, We're talking ethics, right? Ethics and opinions. Ethics and opinions. Let's take it that Matt's not a deer hunter. It's not legal to duck hunt with uh, like a pellet gun or a centerfire. Correct. Right? Why? I could take a lot more ethical shots on ducks that are sitting on the water. Well, maybe that, not. I in think the sky, that's a safety that, concern. That's a not safety. that that's is safety. not. That's not an ethical. Yeah, that uh, was safety. If I'm That's, out here pond hopping with a pellet gun to shoot ducks. Why can't I shoot geese on a dry field with a pellet gun? Yeah, there you go. Oh, private, yeah. Private or public? Private land. Where are you seeing a public field? 
Exactly. Yeah. You've been on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair. It's very possible. Not here. Oh, it's possible, but they're few and far between. But um, not here. But, like you're so, talking like but still, Kansas. We're talking. We're talking a pellet gun. Why can't I shoot a pellet? How far is the pellet gun gonna go? Oh, I mean, let's be honest. Pellet no gun further. Your pellet gun's gonna. A pellet's gonna hit the water and tumble. No, I'm not even saying water. I'm talking about dry field. Your yeah. pellet gun is gonna go effectively kill something no further no further than your shotgun pellets are gonna fly. Well, that goes in with the pellet gun that you gotta create a fine line rule that cannot be passed one way or the other because yeah, if but it, it has to be on the ground because if they say you That's can do it in a dry, dry field, <laughs> well, if you no, wanted to make that legal have... in a dry field, you have to make it legal and you know. No, you don't. Water. No, no, you don't. The law can specifically oh, no. say no, no, no. dry I got field, one for you. no water. Pellet gun is illegal over water because it's lead. I win. All right, I'm shooting nope. brass uh, pellets. Brass pellets. <laughs> Try yeah, again. That's true. They do make brass pellets. Or I'm shooting bismuth pellets. Try again. No. Try you again. got more money than me then. Hey man, bismuth is not is not expensive when you buy ingots and I can get molds and it melts like lead. Try yep. again. So. <laughs> Dude, I can go all day. I, like, I'll beat you to death on this. You know? The law can read it, but the thing is, the law would also have to say that you can't shoot a bird on the wing. I watched my dad shoot a crow with a twenty-two pistol on the wing one time. Doesn't That's mean, true. True doesn't story. Doesn't mean it's right because what goes down I'm must just come saying, down, buddy. I'm just saying. I mean, if you can hit it, yeah, but good a, for you. I've watched my cousin Garrett shoot beer bottle after beer bottle after beer bottle with a twenty-two rifle, throwing it up in the air. And he, those were as he was drinking them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chug a beer, throw it up. Wow! With a now, hey. granted, we're on like big thousand acre, so like safe distance. Yes, we had that. You weren't that, gonna hit. That's also. But you're talking to, pellet guns too. So what comes up comes down. But your pellet is not coming. But also, I love this. Oh, this is a well, great the question. 22. You know what yeah. I mean. So yeah. everybody so, thinks about. The, and I'm not dis- discounting. Like uh, it's it's not it is not safe to shoot a gun up in the air and be like woohoo this is fun. But you're also talking terminal velocity. Once yeah. a bullet comes down, it if you shot it straight up in the air, it would reach a point where it stalled out and would only reach terminal velocity on the way back down. It's like if you dropped a penny off the Empire State Building and hit somebody in the head, it's going to hurt, but it's not even going to knock them unconscious. Terminal yeah, velocity. Kind of, of, yeah. Well, you, know. you guys are also talking about, okay, shooting a pellet gun on the fly up. You're worried about it coming down, but all of us have hunted Emerald Martian. That's a hell of a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't disagree. Dude, hey, could you I have imagine? Been, L- I have been here. peppered and also peppered others in the marsh. So. Could you imagine, right, if you could hunt ducks with a twenty two rifle in Emerald Marsh? That'd be everybody be dangerous. dead. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you if you could hunt, they'd be dragging a body yet. out of there every every weekend. If you, you could hunt ducks with a pellet gun, I guarantee you, I'd kill a pistol of mergansers in Mount Dora. You are, <laughs> you, right. are you are more dangerous on a leveled off shot with a rifle yeah. than you are on a on an angled shot. But that happens too. Sure, it does. What, you know what, what I'm mean? saying is, is if you're angling a shot up into the air, it but is more dangerous to have a leveled off shot because if you're within the range that that shot hits you while it's still moving, it's got some velocity to it. But I mean, think about it. You can, with a shotgun, even the guy shooting three and a half, if they're a hundred yards away and it's not straight at them, but you know, you're 
Yeah, most of the, that's how you know to look for birds. Listen, I suck area. ass at I suck it, ass right? at leading a at leading a duck with a shotgun. Ain't no way I'm ever trying it with anything that yeah. doesn't have multiple. But I'm just right. saying. <laughs> I mean, I, like you can get what's his name though, Tom Knapp or whatever. That I bet shoots that those sucker, stupid Mentos and crap yeah, like that. Yeah, he, he shoots Tic Tacs with a twenty two <laughs> rifle. I bet he can kill a duck with one. All right, yeah. well, there's guys out there that are hunting the geese with bows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, with the foo foo arrows. Yeah, they got, they've got like a, yeah, a well, small game head on them or something. Yeah. And they do. They they shoot them with a bow. They lose a lot of arrows, yeah. but, <laughs> but they will. They'll shoot them. Tell it Tim Wells. I bet he can kill him with a spear. I was going to say, not all of us can be Tim Wells, so we can't, you know. I, I'd, I, bet, I bet he's got a video of him shooting a flying bird with a blowgun. I wouldn't doubt it. I shot a, uh, a peacock with a blowgun one time, and it <laughs> ran off with my dart. But See, I think that would be... Uh, a, a whole lot. It was also than a shotgun in some scenario, like a, a Walmart, you know, blowgun. <laughs> but shooting that peacock with a blow dart, it's. I feel like shooting that deer with a fifteen pound bow. I shot a. I shot a. No, person, no, 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 no. The blow dart was way weaker than the bow. <laughs> I, sh- I shot a person with a blowgun, and yeah. he, he ran towards me. Jordan, that one. It wasn't mm. me. Oh, mm. it was Justin. No. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I don't know, man. It, it, like I said, ethics, opinions, assholes—they're all like next to kin to each other. Yeah, some of that boils down just because you can doesn't mean you should. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it boils down to the parent too. Oh, like here's here's I'm, I'm I'm bringing up one more point before we cut this off. All right, what do you think about uh, those bow sites that do all the ranging and everything for you, and then put the pin on there? I think that's they make those. Yeah, Garmin I, makes one. I think that at that I think point, I don't the, the sucker, I think it. I don't want to spend that amount of money. They're they're like six hundred bucks. The sucker's oh, that's got not bad. the sucker's got a. It's like buying a scope for your rifle. Yeah. The sucker has a rangefinder in it with a push button on your uh, where your hand you, on the handle of the bow, and you click it, and then it ranges the deer, and then puts a pin, like an electronic pin, for you I to think, shoot at whatever specific range that deer is at. I think you oh. can still miss. I think I need one. Oh, you hundred percent could, because you still. It, it, oh yeah, because a lot still, of archery comes down still, to form too. Yeah, yeah, but you, so if you, you don't have the form down, you're still gonna miss. They're illegal in a lot of places. I, I, think, I think it's illegal in Florida to have an electronic sight. I do believe you are correct. I think on that a bow, if you yeah. had, yeah, on a if you got that sight, the only way that that sight would come in to play on a normal average hunter is when the shot's going to be too far out west no heck no. Far. no tell me tell me i'm, I'm telling you right tell now. me you've never been bow hunting without tell me you've never been bow hunting so because you as a as having been bow hunting and killed several deer with a bow dude every single time i get into the tree stand now i make it a point to sit there and try to pick out things on the ground in range so that I have distance markers like a fallen log or a, a bush or whatever. And I know that when the deer is near that or beyond that, it's inside or outside of 20 yards, 30 yards, 40 yards. But when they find a, a weird area, the first thing I do, because you could be great at estimating yardage, but in the moment you're like, ah, it's, it's the buck fever takes over. So okay. you're, you're picking up the range finder and you're trying to range a deer and you, you know, 46 yards. Okay, now you know what pin to use to make that ethical shot or 35 yards or whatever because it comes in between that deer standing somewhere between your 30 and your 40-yard mark. Well, 35 yards, well, right? 
but 33 yards and 37 yards, it's quite a difference in the two. Yeah. Okay. 33 yards, I'll shoot my 30-yard pin. 37 yards, I'm shooting my 40-yard pin. That's two different pins in a matter of four yards. Yeah. So I think that uh, if you're the kind of person that's going to buy that site, you're probably going to hunt a high fence ranch. And uh, I mean, I don't think so. I, I think that, that, that to... no, there's pl- you're the same person that buys you, you like a brand new bow every year. People who really like to bow hunt and they want to have the great latest and the greatest technology. Why not? I, I think a lot of people that really like to bow hunt like to bow hunt because of the challenge of bow hunting. I, I think that uh, people that really, I mean, truly and deeply like to bow hunt, and even the ones that buy a new bow every year, don't want to make it that easy for themselves. I don't think it makes it any easier. Okay, so how about this? We're talking about uh, you like to bow hunt, but ounces make pounds. That's true. So I can get, I can, I can increase the weight of my bow sight by three ounces and drop five by getting rid of my my rangefinder, and I'm saving two ounces. I'm I'm an ultra light hunter. I love to bow hunt, but I want to be ultra light so I can go as far as I can yeah. with as little weight as possible. So now I've combined my rangefinder and my bow into my my sight and do the same thing. I understand that, right? You, you, I think you're you're classifying those. You're putting those people in a really small box. Yeah, like I said, I think with the electronic sight. Now, mind if it's legal because I don't think it is in Florida. Some states it is. Some states it's not. Like it's it's same with a scope on a muzzleloader, man. Like you're still gonna have to practice. You still have to sight that side in. Yeah, you have to right. sight that side in. You still have to... Well, you sight it in at 30 yards. It's a set it and forget it, man. But you still have to... Like I said, you still have you you still have to have the form down. So Because if you, like, if you did something... You still have to know what you're doing. Even with that sight, all it does is put the pin in the right place for you. It's not making the shot. If all of a sudden you didn't hold it in the same place or you'd release that arrow wrong, you're still missing. Yeah. It's I, not making the shot for you. I can see where it, it, it eliminates one step, right? I don't have to get my range finder out. I see that deer. I can range it with my sight. I don't have to if take you, the time to range it I, and then range it and then be like, oh shit, he took three more steps. Now he's where I can't shoot him. If you, if you took the, what, two minutes when you get in the stand and, shooting light comes out if it's in the morning and you range a couple things that aren't going to move right then you know where that deer is and you don't need to range the deer yeah unless he said like i said unless he said that the deer found the weird spot i was about to say i could tell you from experience no matter how many things you range that they would walk out where you didn't yeah, range. I mean, <laughs> I I understand. Like, it's, that does doesn't always happen that you don't have to, right? I mean, there's a twelve point missing five hairs off his back, <laughs> right? Okay, that because of a, a tree limb. Because of a tree limb, when I ranged that log at thirty yards, I literally waited for him to step over that log and then went meh, and he was. I knew he was at thirty yards, like it was like thirty one and a half. Whoop de doo, that's thirty yards, bud. Yeah, he was quartering away, perfect. So, tree limb vine something he's got five here he had a bald spot for a while no. probably dead now because that was oh god five years ago i'm sure he if he ain't dead he ain't a 12 point anymore no yeah. mind you he's on like, somebody's wall somewhere yeah it, it it does eliminate a step but i mean what if that thing's off rain finders can get off 
I'm screwed. Yeah, no, I've never yeah. tried to calibrate I mean, mine. No, I, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, but here's it's, the thing, man. It, you're talking about that. It, it can happen. Okay. Well, you know what? We'll, we're gonna go ahead. We'll, we'll we'll call it. You got you guys got some closing thoughts? I'll give you mine. Okay, start with in this talk. You bought it by rangefinder being off, and I'll speak from experience. If you're gonna bow hunt, you're gonna get a rangefinder. Please, please, please make sure you get one with the angle compensation. Mm. Because when you're 20 feet up in a tree and you range a deer that's down below your tree stand, it might only be 10 yards from where you're standing, but the shot angle is not 10 yards. Yeah. The shot right. angle is like five. And at 30 yards, it's going to be different. You need that angle compensation in there. And to that be will, honest, that will make or break a good shot on a deer. I don't know that mine does or not. I know it's a loophole. I'm sure it does. Yeah. The but easy I way. So I that, didn't buy mine. I just, uh, <laughs> I borrowed it. And it was it was never asked to be returned. The so easy way to test that, if you already have a rangefinder, would be to go somewhere where you're where you do your hunting stand. Pick something solid on the ground. Stand at the base of the tree and range it. We'll say it's thirty yards. Climb up in the tree and range it again. If it doesn't give you a, if it doesn't give you a different reading, and I may be wrong, but I think at that's at a, at an angle it should be closer. Because you're working with gravity, a downward yeah, angle. You have more velocity at that point because of gravity. Yeah. So it should read two or three yards closer. Would that would be indicate angle. And most of the time, when you do that with it, when you point down with a rangefinder that has angle compensation, it'll show you like a 35 degree angle in the bottom corner of the. Range Mine doesn't show any angles, but. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you now, though, if I, I have a tree any, in my backyard, just, just about any zone. dang rangefinder you can pick up these days for bow hunting, a hunting style rangefinder is going to have that angle compensation. It's have not you, a new thing. It's they're it's pretty done, standard. It's like electric windows in a vehicle anymore. Have you done geometry? I'm pretty sure that shot would be further. I failed geometry. Obviously, yeah. Think about a triangle, bud. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You're right. Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. Briar's right. Yeah, he passed geometry the first time. I took in summer school. He's kind of a math I did too. at this point. Ditto. With work, so. But Ryland beat him in the genius game. Just throw that out there. He, he beat, beat me too. too. But. <laughs> uh, Man, I don't really have one. Uh, you know, if, if I'm going to go with anything, I'm going to say put in the work. No matter the age, I enjoy the chase. Earn whether, the big buck. Yeah. Whether, yeah. Earn, earn whatever you get, whether it be ducks gators deer um go put in the time and earn it man it makes it, it more meaningful yeah yeah take your kid hunting dude you know what and this whole episode really boils down to that because you would never have to put yourself in the dilemma of should i let them shoot that if you don't take them to the trees yeah take all there kid is to hunting. It. it's all that one he uh has a great experience and shoots the monster buck of a lifetime or two he continues in the hunt after that. Not gonna lie, dude. Yeah. I love it's taking It's the woods or video games. I so, love taking right. my kids hunting and I have never been more excited for deer season than I am this year, knowing that I'm gonna put a rifle in my son's hands, obviously, you know, with me next to him, that is capable of killing a deer. We're sitting there last night, I made uh, chicken fried Cube steak, chicken fried steaks out of some venison cube steak. We're eating for dinner. Gravy, green beans, mashed potatoes, killer. And I asked Ryan, I said, you going to kill a deer for us this year? Yep. Like, boy, I hope so. Right. That's what I was going to say. Make sure that the child that you are taking is capable before thinking, oh, 
he's seven years old. He's old enough. You got to spend the time with him to dial them in as well. I wasn't I wasn't hunting with a rifle at seven years old. I was nine, I think, when my dad let me take the thirty thirty. But having had Rowland with me, uh, not only in the deer woods, which is pretty much all I did with my dad when I was little, but Rowland has accompanied me on deer hunts, duck hunts, squirrel hunts. I mean, anything I've hunted, that boy comes, except for turkeys, he comes with me. All right. And he's killed a few squirrels. He's killed some more hens. He's, I mean, and he knows what it's about. He's about it. He's out there. He wants to be successful like we are. Um, and he wants to take this this meat home and eat it. It's not about the kill. The boy is itching right now to have his mama make him some squirrels and gravy because he's got squirrels he killed out here in the freezer. <laughs> um, Why ain't mama done it? Because I haven't just haven't. It never comes. It always comes up when there's already a meal been prepared. <laughs> That's when he's thinking about. It's it. never like, "What do you want for dinner at, at three o'clock?" I want squirrels and gravy. It's when we're in the middle of eating something else. Oh yeah, squirrels and gravy is like a you know you got to plan it at like ten o'clock. Right, or, you, you got you got to take a little up, extra yeah, time. You wake that. up and you're like, "Hey, squirrels and gravy tonight for dinner." Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's never it never in the moment of oh, so. Briar, I, th- I said mine. Oh, you he's did. Take kid hunting. I said mine. Oh, we well, that's it. We're out of this thing. Yeah. Well, we'll catch you guys next week. What are yeah. we going to call it? We're going to call it uh, Opinions, Ethics, and Assholes. We're going to call like it Kicking It Old School. Yeah. See, there's so awesome. many good titles yeah. coming out of this. Kicking It Old School with the Asshole Opinions. There you go. <laughs> old School and Ethic. Asshole no, no, Opinions. No, 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 no. Look, look here. Ethics are like uh, assholes. Everybody's got one and they all stink. That's too long of a title. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>